What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams. Back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in, being in here, being involved, being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show. Part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. You in here with the Bruce Wayne of this ish. The king of kings, the king of content, and the speaker of truth, yours truly, the notorious one, a.k.a. Mr. Coach Alini, better known as the prognosticator, Coach Adamas, and you are here with the Black Moses in the Desert Storm Bunker with EWF, that is every woman's fantasy, and CGA, C-God Allah, and the eight-time demonetized champion of youtube and we got a great show for you today this is the blue chip mindset and if you don't know what the blue chip mindset is we have a playlist on this channel this is the blue chip mindset series where we keep our mind on our money and our money on our mind and throughout the entirety of the show we drop off some blue chips for you and then we end up with a probably about a 20 minute uh motivational inspirational speech for you guys and uh if you haven't checked it out uh, go ahead and check out the playlist that says Blue Chip Mindset. I think the first 50 episodes of our weekly series are listed under the playlist. All right. And so today we do our normal show and we intermix the blue chips in there. And what does the blue chips mean? Well, the blue chips mean and represent in the three color card gambling, three color chip gambling of poker. Blue chip used to identify as the highest value chip. So it's kind of like a high value, man, but with a twist because we talk about investments we talk about how to protect yourself keep your paperwork in order and from the forthcoming book we will distribute that information in a concise format for ninjas who read all right but anyway other than that hit the like button on today's stream and if you want to contribute to today's show dollar sign the notorious cga on the cash app coach greg adams tv on venmo 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 paypal.me backslash coach greg adams that is pinned to the top of the live chat on the free agent lifestyle channel when you can super chat on on the notorious new, 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 CGA new channel. So the notorious CGA channel, and you can super chat over there and you can watch it simulcasting. Shout out to everybody joining me on fakebook.com. All right. And I appreciate everybody that sends love over there on Facebook. And if you're wondering why I don't respond to messages, well, I rarely ever go on Facebook. All right. I go, I really go on social media to tell you the truth. I just post my shit and then I get the hell up out of there. Every now and then, I got some brothers that I follow that are fellow uh, people in the sphere and that have evolved in and out of the sphere. I'll go like some of their stuff and then I'll get out of there. I don't hang out too much on these um, apps because I'm normally trying to post on all of them pretty quickly. So anyway, shout out to everybody over there on Facebook. Okay. We got a fantastic show and let me go ahead and acknowledge the earlier contributors to today's show. Okay, 80% of people are lazy. That's the kind of conversation. Um, and this is a question more than it is um, a statement. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kevin Costner getting these hands of the family court. He catching hands and catching wreck. Despite getting that win and getting her to get the hell out of his house, he is catching them hands in the family court, and family court is nothing to play with. The Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to F with. Earlier contributors to today's show. On the Super Chat, Albert Wesker says, on the extra mile, he says, there's hardly any traffic. Oh, boy, the 80% of people are lazy. On that extra mile, there's hardly ever any traffic. You know me, I'm very judgmental because I like the fact that I have a tremendous work ethic. Um, there's a lot of people who don't have a work ethic at all or any discipline. Thus, they do expect some results to come out of their life, and I'm very critical of these people. 
Um, but, um, you know, a lot of people like to fall back on. They're not really lazy or some of the other person that are successful was just lucky. Um, maybe that their race or class had something to do with it. We'll get into that conversation. But he says on the extra mile, there's hardly any traffic. Indeed. Shout out to Sucker for Love Ninja. He says, hey, coach, today is my birthday and I'm headed to Las Vegas. Do you have any recommendations for a high-end restaurant or steakhouses? Indeed, I do. All right. And so uh, Carver Steak, that is going to be in the resort world. You might or might not need a reservation, but it is at the end of the strip located pretty close to Circus Circus. Carver Steak has a great steakhouse there and um, a, a great high-end restaurant. And the hostesses are ooh-la-la, all right? The hostesses are always some nice, pretty, supreme flatbacks there. You have Gallagher's that I believe is in, if I'm not mistaken, MGM Grand or New York, New York. I think it's MGM. Gallagher's there is a, has a great steak um, over there as well. They do have a Fleming's that is off-strip. If you want to go to something uh, uh, nice there, Fleming's is there. And then you also have um, the Bellagio has a steakhouse as well. They have a couple of steakhouses. So I would start with Carver. Uh, Ninjas is one to send you the Red Lobster. All right, don't do that. <laughs> All right. I actually also visited another steakhouse here. It just slips my mind as well. And I thought they were pretty good as well. So, um, yeah, I would. To, for me, I'm starting with Carver. I like them. Uh, people don't like Gallagher's. Okay, they're telling me they don't like Gallagher's. All right, uh, let everybody let everybody slide in there. Uh, try to stay away from the crowd uh, and all that stuff. But shout out to you and protect your meat. They telling you. Shout out to you. The Workday Podcast. The owner, he says, the owner of the moving company I hired came to the townhouse last night. Long story short. That piece Lee was fire. The dark side is wild. And I'm hoping the owner is a woman. You didn't clear that up. <laughs> Hold up. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. <laughs> I'm hoping you're talking about a woman. Workday show. Can you clear that shit up? Hold on for a second. The owner of the moving company. Or are we talking about Hey, Okay. She was a woman. <laughs> Woo. Ninja, I was about to hit your ass with the whole rainbow reading rainbow, Ninja. I'm like, don't come over here bragging about that shit. Okay. Hold up. Wait. <laughs> Where's Nate Dog? <laughs> All right, hold up for a second. I'm like, mm, you want did you type in the wrong show? Holy mackerel. <laughs> Shout out to my man, the workday show. Okay, she's a woman. Okay, okay, yeah, the dark side is wild. Okay, I'm with you. Hold on, let's give you some dark side music. I was sweating for a second, brother. Oh. <laughs> he said that peace leave. I know, okay, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just messing with him. I'm just messing with him. I'm just messing with him. Shout out to you, man. He did say that peace leave was fire. I, I had to give it to him. All right, but he did say that. All right, we cleared it up. We cleared it up. Deshaun Rose says five for missing. Last night's show, coach, but tuned in now. Good to have you back. All right. And then let me see if these other brothers got my back or I best to watch my front because in the front, the book, well, I can't remember the rest of the lyrics. All right. Anyway, <sighs> what do we got here? No government name says I'm convinced that KS used to watch you. He says, I recently saw two of his clips where he said 511. Well, 511 is not my phrase, but I know Kevin Samuels was definitely a watcher. 
Um, as much as people like to believe that I watched him, I didn't watch him that much. Um, but um, he watched, he definitely watched me. I mean, there's several videos. Uh, he, he, he would comment about me every now and then. And people would tell me, Hey, he's talking about you. Cause he used to think I sneak dissed him. So he used to be like, you sneak dissing me all the time. And my show came on before his show. So, but when my show went off, I was going to go run some errands. But I do know he watched my vlogs. He was definitely a fan of my vlog videos. And uh, he didn't comment much on the Coach Greg Adams channel. But before this channel was a live stream channel, KS definitely did pay his respects uh, to my channel. So I want to shout out to KS. And, you know, we are all brothers and all of this stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely. There's a vlog channel right there. There's KS. KS. KS would not comment on my main channel he definitely would do it on my vlog channel there you see right there there's a brother there um with the commentary so you know he would try to come over where there was probably less traffic and uh less of an idea that we shared each other's information so shout out to ks and um there's going to be something coming up uh related to him because i see a lot of people using his content they're using and i talked about this on my money mindset um my money mindset channel that YouTube is going to make adjustments for people using other people's content. And when you use it like explicitly, meaning the majority of your content seems to be rehashing Kevin Samuels videos and others, Mr. Beast and the like, I think they're going to come down on channels like this. And I'm happy. I'm happy that this is going to happen because I just don't like people taking other people's content like that. And just basically just, they're they're saying they're reacting to it, but there's absolutely no reaction. They're just replaying the person's video. All right. And providing zero or very little even relevant commentary or even commentary in general. And I think it's a disgrace. And I think these um, content creators are definitely going to start going the way of the music business where content should be protected. So anyway. Um, every time I see that, I don't even watch these channels that do that. Anything on Instagram and channels that do that, I do not watch them. I do not like their videos. I will not give them any love. I will not help them on the algorithm. If I see a Kevin Samuels video pop up and it is not from Kevin Samuels, I refuse to watch it. If he's in the thumbnail and it's not his video, I refuse to watch it. I refuse to even comment, acknowledge it, like it, because I think it's a shitty way to get content. And I hope YouTube comes down on these people that's doing it for real. All right. Yeah, it's bum shit. So these the bums do shit like this. And uh, as you guys know, I was, you know, I was not a trend follower. I never did a, Hey, Kevin Samuel said video. I've never done one. I've never done one. Well, I did an Andrew Tate reaction to um, him getting arrested, but I never did a, Hey, Andrew Tate said, I never did any of that. And I just thought people were pretty much riding the coattails of other content creators doing that. And I think it's disgraceful. All right. If the majority of your comment and, and, and videos are doing that, hey, more power to you. It's smart, smart content creation. For but for me, it doesn't lend me. I, it doesn't lend me to respect you as a content creator when the majority of your content is just, hey, this person said it's bullshit. That's not red pill content, by the way. Just because you use a red pillar and then listen to the person and then comment it back. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. I, I hate it. I don't even watch people's videos when they do that. I just go ahead and skip it. All right. Anyway, we got no government names. This is crazy to me that you never heard of Sadia Knight. <laughs> he says he was a red pill legend on Twitter long before KS rise to prominence. So shout out to him. 
He says, reading his tweets is like reading volumes of the RP philosophy in short bursts. When he tweets, he's far more eloquent than when he speaks. It might be a language barrier. But uh, people, you know, people are quite surprised that I don't consume a lot of red pill content. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm creating a lot of it. And as you guys know, I prepare for my show. So there's quite a amount of preparation going into my shows, even the afternoon show. There's a little less in the afternoon. There's way more. I probably prep for about an hour and a half before I even show up on the screen. Okay. Then in the afternoon show, I prep for about an hour uh, to go on screen. And then there's the after work. So you see me on the screen seven hours in a day, but you don't even include the prep work, the post work or any of that. So just consider, consider when people be like, oh, you, 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 you're listening to other people. I'm like, you guys have no idea. When I jump on YouTube, I'm not listening to most red pill stuff. I'm listening to a lot of other stuff. Now, there are some guys that I will watch angry man because he was one of my mentors getting into this. So I try to catch him as much as possible. Um, but even his shows are long. So that means if I'm watching his live streams, that's another couple of hours gone. By that time, I got to walk Nova. I got to go work out. I got to go make lunch, dinner, and breakfast. <laughs> There's not a lot of time. There's not a lot of time for me to be sitting around watching as much as you guys watch. And I appreciate all the watchers of this content. You guys will be shocked. I've never watched many of your top content creators. And the top ones, I haven't watched them in a year or so. But it is neither here nor there. I don't need to explain myself. But it is quite surprising. It catches people by surprise. Oh, another reason I don't watch is because I don't want to kind of sound like them. They'll make a point, and then I'll be like, I want to expound on that point. And then I end up sounding like them, and then you will say, oh, this person said that. So another reason why I don't watch is because I don't want to kind of sound like the other person. I don't want to just let that seep into the show. I want to sound like CGA. <laughs> I just want to sound like CGA. I want my thoughts to be, I want my thoughts to be my thoughts without other people trying to say, oh, you took this thought. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But um, I do that for my own personal good. And I want to tell you guys, um, with um, with um, with uh, other things like uh, when I used to coach college basketball, I didn't watch a lot of basketball. Like the only basketball I watched was my team and then any team that I scouted. So people think that if you're in a profession with other people, you're watching them. Well, if I have a game at seven o'clock and everybody else has a game at seven o'clock, how am I watching their game? And why would I watch their game after the fact? Why would I? It's, it's very hard to consume when you're the one in the same business. So you don't have time to watch everybody else's shit. And uh, you don't have every time to watch everybody else's game as well as the consumer or the fan can watch a lot of the games. So anyway, anyway, shout out to you brothers there. Shout out to the other guys. I do watch a couple of other guys on the periphery. Anton is a guy that I like, but again, it gets pretty, it, it gets pretty tough for me to consume a lot of content. And then I got to go my hobbies. I got to take Siggy out. I got Walter here today. So Siggy is in the safe. I have Walter here is next to me. So anybody that knows anything about a PDP, Walter is here watching the show today from the periphery. And we're ready for a great show. So I have hobbies to do. I got the junior college girls to fornicate with. I'm definitely not sitting around watching a lot of people. All right. So shout out to you brothers there. And I appreciate all the contributors, the real contributors to this space. With that being said, <laughs> 
with that being said, let's get on to the day's show. We got an update, the updates that you need out here. Let's go to the oh, court. Humanity. Wrong sound effect. Let's go to the court of public opinions. All right, we're going to start off with your brother. Jonah Hill, all right, in trouble again. And I tell you, man, my philosophy is as such. When one thing goes wrong with one woman, you can guarantee that there's going to be more women that come out. I've been telling you this for a long time. This is why I say you really got to watch how you deal with women out here. They are very, very fast to run to the court of public opinion. So we reported that Jonah Hill's ex, her, his jealous ex tried to paint him as a misogynist and a narcissist. I have to mispronounce these words for comedy purposes. A misogynist and a narcissist. And then you had Bethany Franco come out and said, yes, I met him once behind stage and he was a salami. Now we have Alexa Nichols, Nicholas, and she claims that Jonah Hill slammed her against the door, shoved his tongue down her throat when she was 16 years old. Like blood in the water, Ninja, like a moth to a flame. Anytime a woman has come out to be victimized, it's inevitable. I don't care if the dude was false alligated. It's inevitable that another woman will come out with an experience that may be true or false. Now, the problem that I, I'm saying here that where I want guys to tighten up and know that this is the case, just because you had an experience with a woman and you kicked her in the booty afterwards and you call her all the trick tramp sluts and whatever you wanted to call her. And then after the fact, nothing happened and it was free. Well, I get them for free. Well, here's the problem with that. She might not say anything. She might not have the confidence to say anything, or she might say, might have misinterpreted the events. It is only inevitable that, and then later down the line, if a woman does come out, there is going to be the whole ball effect, okay? The whole ball effect is real. Now, for me, when I see things like this, it's very hard for me to believe it because now we're talking about, you know, it, it just get, it just escalates. Now, all of a sudden, he's assaulting minors. And, and, and you're like, well, why didn't you say anything? You know what I mean? Like, if you would have came out with this first, maybe it would have been believable. But now the whole ball effect is coming down. And there's going to be an avalanche of women that have misinterpreted events or have been victim victimized and violated or are false allegating, looking for attention. The whole ball effect is real. So Bill Cosby is the prime example of the whole ball effect. And um, you can go down the line. Anytime this happens with a guy, you know, maybe he didn't pay his ritual fees for Hollywood. I have no idea. New, 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 new world order. But now we're coming out and it gets worse and worse. And this probably is not going to be the last person. And I don't even want to read it to give it any credence. This is just me with the talking point. Be careful how you're dealing with women. They might not, nothing might not happen initially. But uh, let me look at the year that this supposedly happened. All right. Just as a frame of reference here, uh, the woman is now 31. So we're looking at 15 years, 15 years. All right. This is supposedly happened 15 years ago. So this is what I'm talking about, guys. Pay close attention. 15 years ago. All right. So it gives it gives it unfortunately because the girlfriend's text which she is the abuser in this situation. She definitely the narcissist. But the girlfriend's text from two years ago became relevant because she shared them. Now you have a woman coming out. Uh, Bethany Frankel came out or some incident that happened years ago. And now you have a 15-year-old incident. 
And that means nobody safe. Nobody. Okay. Nobody safe. <laughs> oh, somebody said he would have been 16 then as well. So he would have been a minor as well. So they don't, you know, I don't know the situation here. So now they're, you got to take that into consideration. Is he 31 too? Oh, uh, there she is. Is this with her? I guess they're trying to show her. It says right here. They're trying. Oh, he was 24. They said that he was 24. She was 16. Well, one more thing that's happening here. I think she is a Disney star or a Nickelodeon star. Well, MK Ultra Sex Kitten, more than likely. New, 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 new world. Order. And if that's the case, allegedly, there's probably she what he wasn't the only adult that she'd been with. Mm. Allegedly. Um, she said she was at a party with adults. Why was a 16-year-old at a party with an adult? So anyway, be careful with this. This is just a warning to you that the things that can happen. And of course, uh, continuing on Jonah Hill, apparently Jonah Hill hasn't learned his lesson. Okay, so here's the thing. You guys got to stop text messaging women. This is not a legitimate form of communication. Text messaging women is called evidence. Okay, anything you text them will be screenshot and used as evidence against you. Same as emails. And yes, they will record phone calls. This is how they work. And I guess this is her sharing Jonah Hill responding to her releasing text messages. What I would advise guys to do is if you get a text message from a woman, just know she's setting you up, especially if you're in a volatile situation. If you are enraged, angered, emotional, um, uh, hurt, and pain, when you get the message from the woman, take about four to five hours, <laughs> right? Before you respond, take four to five hours. Think. Get the anger out. Let the emotions dissipate. dissipate. And before you start typing, just know that this is going to be used as evidence. So whatever you say, cursing her out, calling her all kind of vicious, pleading with her, begging, apologizing, don't respond. Mm. Type the response out and delete it. That means delete the response before you send it. Do not type it. Go to the notes tab. Type out whatever you want to type out. Read it 50 times. Delete it. Move on. But this guy, this is, yeah, dudes fall for this bait all the time. Because, uh, guys, by the way, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, but you're better off not sending the message. Because what they'll say is, hey, you ignored her message. You damn right I ignored it. I'd rather have ignored the message than to have responded to the message. Because the response was going to be used against me anyway. So, yes, I ignored the message. <laughs> okay. Responding is worse than ignoring. All right, so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But here he is, screenshotting intimate text between us is a huge triggering violation for me and a breach of trust as a friend. As I've explained to you about breaches of trust I had between trusted friends recently that I have caused me trauma. I am incredibly hurt and feel a lack of safety when I always have trusted you. Man, trust no bitch. Trust no bitch. He says, um, I'm sorry if a former partner moving on is painful and I empathize with that, but I have done nothing wrong and it wasn't a public person. I would have faced this kind of violation. Okay. 
and I having shared that with you and then watching you be like this today shatters my ability to trust anybody even further. I have always showed kindness and support. Well, thank you very much, Jonah. Great. And guess what she did? She shared it with the public. <laughs> Jesus. Guys, I need you guys to wake up. I need you guys to wake up. You guys treat women as if they're some sort of um, moral compass, as if they you're, you're going to be shocked when they lie, cheat, and steal. Eddie Guerrero. And kill. I do not have this favor anymore. Okay. Women are very, very deceitful, manipulative, and mistrustful. Can't trust them. And you should operate as such. Speaking of Kevin Costner, <laughs> right? Speaking of Kevin Costner catching these hands in the family court. As you guys know, we've have, uh, I was one of the first to report on this as breaking news when he finally filed uh, for the divorce. He had a prenup. But I actually covered this beforehand because she gave him an ultimatum as to quit the show that was making him a famous again called Yellowstone. And I call it Jellystone. Okay. But anyway, following along with this, this parasite, the ex-wife has been trying to uh, squat at his property, refusing to leave, kidnapping his kids and extorting him for money. Despite signing a prenup that says she gets no alimony. However, in this case, when you fight a prenup, it's going to cost you, and this is going to be costly for your boy, Kevin Costner. However, he did get her to be removed from his property and being moved back in. The family court will spin very slow. And, of course, there's always temporary orders. And the temporary order right now for Kevin Costner is to pay $129,000 in monthly child support. Mm. Yes, that is cold-blooded out here. This is cold-blooded game. Now, initially, according to the prenup, there was no alimony, and thus the child support, what I think initially agreed was he was going to give her $30,000 a month. That's what he offered her. And then she said, no, I'm going to need an excess of three hundred. dollars It was obscene. It was an obscene number. We'll get into the article. And she said, I'm not going to leave our property until I get that. He gave her an extra million dollars, which she probably used to promptly hire great legal defense. You guys got to understand how this works. Whatever money you give them, they're going to say you didn't give it to them, and they're going to use it to sue you. She's going to use that money to contest, but the judge ordered her to give the money back. But here we go. There's even more to this, ladies and gentlemen. And where's the lead attorney when I need him? Mm. It says right here, Christine Bumgarner. It says we'll receive half of her requested $248,000 monthly child support from actor Kevin Costner in a tentative ruling set by a judge, a judge, a judge, okay, on Tuesday. In documents attained by Fox News Digital, there was a judge named Thomas Adderley made interim rulings that Bumgarner will receive $130,000 per month in child support, and Costner will be required to pay $200,000 in attorney's fees and $100,000 in forensic costs. You! This ninja catching them hands. Guys, this is how the game be. So not only is he going to have to tentatively pay the $130,000 monthly child support, which this is going to be a million dollars plus over the year. All right. Over a million dollars, probably close to 1.5 mil. All right. 
We are also looking at him having to pay for his own forensic accounting, meaning that they're going to have to go through his records up and down with a fine tooth comb. Allegedly, they're going to make up the majority of it, but they're going to contact everybody. This is why I say divorce is uh, ugly, because now they got to contact everywhere Costner has ever been paid, any bank accounts, any paper trails, any offshore accounts that they can possibly get their hands on because she's going to say he's lying all the property, any leases, any people that are paying him rent, they're going to have to subpoena all of these records or he's going to have to turn them over for by a demand for production. And it's just going to get excessively ugly. He's going to pay for this cost. He's going to pay $100,000 for this cost, right? And she will get the windfall for whatever they discover. This is basically an extortion. It's basically just pulling his pockets out. Additionally, he's going to pay for her legal defense at least up to $200,000. Thus, she gets to sue him with his own money, which doesn't hold her back, doesn't hold her back. So she can keep the lawsuit going as long as she wants. And as long as she wants to go through her gold digging exploration, she can do it because it's at his cost. OK, mm. now remember. Now, remember, he had a prenuptial agreement, lead attorney, where you at, sir? He had a prenuptial agreement, which this is not according to his prenuptial agreement. None of these things are according to the prenup, which I've always said is going to be the basis of the argument against the prenup. The prenup does work. However, it doesn't stop them from fighting you. And then thus, if she wants to fight you, she can fight you. And oftentimes it's going to be the cost of the head of household, the cost of the uh, the um, the breadwinner, the cost of the breadwinner. So he's going to pay $300,000, $100,000 to the forensic accountant, $200,000 to her lawyer, and he's going to pay her at the same time $130,000 a month in child support. Ninja. Woo! Man, oh, man. <laughs> ninjas be lining up you literally using the hope strategy and i say this to help you guys this is not a joke out here do not treat marriage like a game of love it is, has nothing to do with it in fact do not marry the woman you love I actually did a great show on that um it is not it is a business and this is a cga quote men are in love women are in business if you hear that from anywhere else they got it from me men are in love women are in business and as you can see, when the marriage breaks down, it becomes about business. I also said everything you give her is a gift. Everything she gives you is a loan. So she loaned you that time. She loaned you her body. She loaned you her womb. She loaned you that relationship. She loaned you. Now, once it, once it ends, she wants all of that back and more. Okay. She wants all of that back and more. And it only takes a matter of time before we have to realize that this is the truth. Okay. Um, Next one right here is going to be um, reparations. Let's talk about the reparations. This is an update. I figure the Negro population needed to know. Apparently, the Oklahoma judge dismissed a Tulsa race massacre reparation case filed by the last three known survivors. Sad, sad case. Um, I've actually talked about the Tulsa case quite a bit. And said, you know, a lot of us have revisionist history. Uh, we want past things done against a group of people corrected. But I'm also going to say never hold out hope on this one. Try to pursue it. Also, be, be willing to recognize massacres in real time, like Chicago, 
be able to call that out. Baltimore, be able to call out real life present day genocide acts that are going on. Black women going to the Planned Parenthood. Okay, be ready to call it out because you're missing out on opportunities to make the correction in real time. Because obviously they have no, they have no willingness to create these correct these things after it's done. And these last three known survivors are not going to get their reparations according to the um, historical uh, description of what happened in the Tulsa race massacre. So this is another uh, thing that I've been actually telling people to, you know, kind of not put a lot of hope and energy into this, pursue it and actually never be able to move on and do things in real time, call out any other race massacres or any other events that people are being persecuted or perhaps being committed genocide against and be willing to work on that now, correct it now before it's too late. Um, in this situation, it's way too late. So shout out to them. And they're not going to get what they think they rightly deserve. Sad. I wish it was different, but listen, I don't control the books. All right, but uh, shout out to the ladies love cool C people that live at home with their parents will say it's expensive to afford their own place, but don't make, uh, but don't want to make a higher source of income. I see that all the time. I see that all the time. There's a word that I have for that, but I can't remember it. Is um, I'm going to use the word capacity. I'm going to use the word capacity in absence of the word that I want to use. So, you know, people that say they can't go out there and afford a living typically will stay at home or with roommates. And typically they'll work as a, a assistant manager at Baskin Robbins. Shout out to Baskin and Robbins. And so they'll work at Baskin and Robbins and they'll say, I have a job. And then they'll say, well, this job would not allow me to afford to live on my own or pursue my own goals or have a family marriage and buy a house. However, if you were living on your own, Baskin and Robbins assistant manager would not be enough. You have the capacity to probably earn more, even though wages don't go up very much. And that's a whole different conversation to have here. But because you're milking the situation, you think working at Baskin and Robbins (laughs) is going to be sufficient. And I tell you, not so much and not so fast. You need to be on your grind. So if you were an engineer doctor and you said, hey, listen, this is just too hard out here, this would be suitable. If you were actually doing something that is well within your capacity, then it would make sense that if you couldn't make it, you couldn't make it. However, aiming low and hitting as the manager at Coldstone and Subway, well, you can't, you can't literally sit there and do that and then say you can't afford it. It's crazy. Can't, it's crazy, but people do it all the time. Shout out to Delta Fox. He says, none of the alligators against Jonah Hill has filed a police report or charges. It means that they were okay with it when it happened and have changed their mind as uh, they see him doing good and they see him in a bind. So Jonah Hill is now in a bind. I'm in a bind, Nate. And so the girl that was 16 years old didn't say anything. She thought she participated. She was an active participant, told no one about it. And then now to reframe the story and say, hey, I was 16. As we know, man, and I wanted to let you guys know, and I don't approve of this, but you guys got to get your head out of the sand. 16-year-old girls are doing some dirt out here. I mean, I have too much ink. I have too much proof of this. Do not think that girls wait till 18 to start getting ridiculous, right? They be doing it 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I'm talking about drugs, 
partying, fornication, uh, nose candy, alcohol. They be doing some dirt. They didn't already did. This is why I don't like to mess with older women because they didn't already done dirt. By the time they hit 28, they didn't done 10, 12, 14 years worth of dirt. Okay, crazy, crazy. But I'm showing you this not to try to say, hey, this is available to you. What I'm saying is we got to get our hand out of the sand. It's a very uncomfortable conversation, but it is a truthful conversation that needs to be had because men need to men need to know men. For some reason in our world, we get, oh, 18. They're virgins out there. No, they're not. They've already done drug, dope, dope fiends, cracked out, addicted, pain meds, mental health meds fornication, abortions, I mean, <laughs> before they hit 18. Not only that, they were doing it with men who were adults. We don't want to have this conversation, though. Do we want to have this conversation? Because I'm going to make it be honest. You're not going to make me out to be a metaphile. I'm going to be honest. That's what's going on out here. They didn't already had train yangs and orgies, and many of them have had been paid for it already. So we don't even want to... <laughs> Do we even want to start? They be at college parties. I used to coach high school athletes, females. And some of them, not all, some of them were already minors. When I coached high school varsity basketball, I had several players that were minors that would be up at the, at the community college, up there with the basketball players at the community college getting ran. Now, it wasn't a lot of them. It wasn't a lot of them, but it was, it was enough of them for me to know. And these girls were sophomores and juniors and seniors in high school. And they were up at the college parties getting throttled. So I'm just telling you, man, I've been around. I've been around long too enough. You can't fool me. You can't fool me. and You can't try to shame me out of the conversation. The conversation needs to be had. All right. But anyway, and that was before this is when even this was before social media. So guys need to really wake up when it comes to this shit. Shout out to Cody Draper. He says, shout out to shout out to you, CGA and the coach gang. People don't understand what trust is plus women, uh, old men a debt, and or I think you mean a debt to society or a debt in period and a debt to society. They'll never see it that way. <laughs> They'll never see it array. They they're they're not at all. Yeah. So they simply want I call it they want to be um they want us to stop the world. So um let me just explain it like this. There are a few men that operate like this and they're feminine as well. So if something happens to the woman, we, I, I call it stop the world. So when they report on something, they want the world to stop spending on its access. Stop. Let off whoever is the violator. Get them thrown off. Stop gravity. Stop everything in its place. Get everybody to stop to pay attention to them and then deal with her problem. And then when her problem's dealt with, probably monetarily, they want to keep the world going again. Okay, start the world back. Because mm. <laughs> they're very much just thinking about themselves as a very selfish approach. And the selfish approach is actually ingrained in them. The, the establishment of the relationship was selfish on, it, on its face value. So they got into the relationship for selfish purposes or whatever they were doing for selfish purposes, for pleasure or whatever it was. And then it worked against them. And then stop the world. Stop. Let everybody off. Let me off. All right. Let me deal with my shit. And then you want she wanted to just come back in. And okay, we can start. The, the world revolves around her. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I mean, when they watch football games, they think that the players are thinking about them. 
I bet you those guys are thinking about girls. When, when, when football players huddle up in their mind, they think the football players are talking about them. I bet you they're talking about women. <laughs> Look at them huddling. When they watch the Cincinnati Bengals run the no huddle, they're like, look at these guys. They don't even stop to think about us in their herd. They're running the no huddle. <laughs> mm. Hey, man, at least they can think about me for 25 seconds on the play clock. No, these guys don't even want to huddle up anymore. Mm. <laughs> anyway, shout out to the no huddle offense. You got no huddle offense pisses women off. They like they not even thinking about us right now. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's stop. All right, Derek Eaton. Shout out to the ladies. Uh, Derek Eaton says, coaches, uh, uh, Cap Costner's wife got him to crush a hit show, and she still went scorched earth on him. For real. This is why you don't go for ultimatums, right? And so, yep, he, um, the, the sense around the show Yellowstone was that the last year or two was a year that they wanted to forget. They had a ridiculous work schedule. And this work schedule is because the star Kevin Costner, this is all alleged. The star Kevin Costner was going through an ultimatum with his wife. His wife was on at home and she wasn't happy. I'm not happy. I got to change that button. She wasn't happy. And it cost him to film scenes like they had to film so much in a short amount of time. And so the work schedule became demanding and ridiculous only for them to be like, look, let's just break off the show. So the show was on his last leg, and this was mainly because Costner's wife was throwing the temper tantrum and holding her breath and stopping her little foot. And eventually what happened was he said, I'm going to come home and save my marriage. And guess what happened? Mm. This is what he gets for coming home to save his marriage. And this was one of the biggest shows. Like, it revived his career. This is the biggest show. I've never seen the show. But apparently people who watch the show love the show. And that show probably could have went on for a couple of other years. But she ruined the show. This is how this is to stop the world. She stopped the world. She stopped the show. She's throwing a fit. She's throwing everybody off. She's stopping. And she's actually, this is what I call, she got the toy robots. She has the toy robots going. <laughs> all right. So basically a woman gets pissed and she winds up all the toy robots. Okay. So this could be. Um, this could be her family and friends, her monster-in-law, her cousins, her nieces, her nephews, the judges, the attorneys, the court clerk, the police, the FBI, the CIA, <laughs> right? And the ATF, Amber Alert, any local sheriff, municipality, okay? And one woman gets pissed, and then she lets all the toy robots out, and then here they come. Meet me, must save woman. Woman pissed off, must get her support, must reparate her, and they start walking out, arresting people, filing paperwork. <laughs> she got to affect everybody. Everybody's got to stop what they're doing because this woman is pissed off. Toy soldiers and shit. All right, your kids, everybody about to go down. Everybody she works for got to hear about her being violated. Here come the toy soldiers. She done wound everybody up. One woman, the mailman, the, the process servers, everybody going crazy because one woman pissed. Mm. Think of how crazy this shit is. <laughs> Think of how crazy. All to for her to get what she thinks she rightly deserves. 
It is due. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is actually comical. These kids, these children with breasts can go out there and do crazy shit like this, but they do it. Simp wolf whistle. It's pathetic behavior. This is not indicative of a person who has an equal standing in the society. This is what a child, this is what people do to protect children. <laughs> right. Uh, let me do one more. Uh, Be real mahogany. Let's do two more. Be real mahogany coach. Uh, thinking of changing jobs and taking a cut to make up for five years, uh, to make up for five years later, go or no go. Taking a cut to make up for it. Uh, yeah, sometimes you got to step backwards to go forward. But I uh, appreciate the chat. The world more says, shout out to the coach gang. Let's get this money. I got money. All right, let me get back to the show. So I don't want to get too far off. We got stragglers to go theater. Oh, boy. And here we go. Uh, we got, uh, let's see here. Oh, we got the intro. I better get my intro going. That We got to get the intro because it's actually good for the show. Here we go. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky. Come get high with me. That's a deal, right? All right, Straggling Sniggle Theater, here we go. We have a speaking of white knights. We have a white knight, bro, face, fake Bruce Wayne, Batman-looking ninja. And uh, let's hope they didn't delete it. So let's go ahead and take you to the scene of the crime. Uh, we were just talking about this in the previous segment where um, um, a woman's being victimized, allegedly. And, uh, of course, toy soldiers have to be, uh, toy soldiers have to be, um, brought out so here i have it looks like uh is this san francisco or chicago it looks like san francisco it looks like a pimp and one of his hoes are going through something let's get to it hey bro i know them get off of me you ain't getting in this car get off of me I all right you can see what's happening here this definitely looked like the pimping and this definitely looked like one of his hoes i can't tell or they look like drug addicts crackheads base heads all right dope things addicts i don't know what's going on here no all right, and so she's saying, I know them. Get off of me. I have to pause it because there's going to be something else coming up here. So take a look. I can't tell what's going on here. All I can hear her is screaming. This is called the simp wolf whistle. I don't see nothing happening other than him screaming over her. He could be helping her. This is what you have to watch out for if you're a CCW carrier. You don't know who the victim is, and you don't know who the perpetrator is. If you walk up here and you're just a simp, you're going to think she's the being violated. It looks like the male is the aggressor here, but we don't know. You can't be sure. Now, this is where I go in here. We're going to have this guy right here. In this situation, I just call this family business and I keep my nose out of it. Stick your nose out of it. But listen to what this guy does right here, and I'll play it in full on the playback. Please You're not getting the score. Off of me. Please, somebody gave Hey, bro, you got to leave her alone, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Come on, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Who the fuck you think you talking to, punk? Oh, boy. Brothers, never do this shit. First of all, let's just say the guy, the black guy with the black shirt. <laughs> let's say the guy with the black shirt, he could have a knife or a firearm. You do not know. Going full simp like this will get your ass deleted in these streets. You about to get stabbed, shanked in the liver and the spleen 
for this raggedy hole in the middle of the street. You don't know what the hell's going on. Gentlemen, I'm here to teach you. Do not go full simp. Do not do this. Do not get your ass whooped. This crank, this chronic, that guy, he could have anything. And he doesn't care about life, obviously. Okay, let's let's review what happened here. First of all, he's recording it. And then for some reason, he turns the camera back to himself. And then he goes full simp, recording himself going full simp. You cannot make this shit up. All right, here we go right here. Hey, bro. I know Get in this car. Get off of me. I know them. Please You're not somebody get, in this get him car. off Please. of me. Please somebody get him off hey, of bro, me. Hey, bro, you got to leave her alone, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Come on, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Who the fuck you think you talking to, punk? All right. I don't know, gentlemen. Um, I do not. <laughs> I do not um, support this action. I do not. His hair is very moosed up. He got good hair. He got his Chad tattoo. He got an S on his chest. He got an S on his chest. Somebody said he's deleted many in Iraq. Well, he's not in Iraq. Somebody said he's National Guard. He's National Guard. All right, or he was National Guard. Guys, this ain't Iraq. These streets is cold out here. This is not Iraq. I see, oh, he says he's National Guard. Yeah, he does say he's National Guard. But you guys are going to get deleted in these streets. Trying to do this here in these streets. Why Why go fight in wars and come back and get deleted and leaking in the streets of San Francisco? Why? Why? And so he's saying he's watching this woman get beat. This is my, this is my, um, this is my advice. Okay. This is my, my advice. If you see this happening, call 911. The other thing that tips me off is that nobody else is interfering. No one else is intervening. And this is a very public street. So if I saw five people intervening with him, then it would make sense. Uh, it, will let me, it will make a little better sense. But he said he sees something. Nobody else is jumping to action, which probably means these people might be dope fiends, addicts, homeless, chronics. They were like, like they just doing their business. But you, on the other hand, jumped in there by yourself with nobody to help you. And just because you probably had some success in war time, these are these streets. Do not get involved. Do not intervene. I don't care if you've been in Desert Storm, Desert Shield. If you've been in some operations, I don't care. If you are a SEAL Team 6, do not, do not get involved. Call the authorities. And if it gets out of hand, it is not your issue. It's not your issue. You can catch a bullet. And or a knife to the spleen doing this. Hey, bro. I know them. Get off of me. First of all, she says, I know them. Get off of me. I know them. Get off of me. So you already know something's wrong here. I know them. Get off of me. Who, who are you talking to? Are you talking to the Captain Morgan over here? Or are you talking to the two pimps? I know them. Get off of me. Is she saying for you to get off? Her? What are we doing? Get off of me, I know them. So I already know she's crazy. I know I know them get off of me. So I know she ain't in her right mind already. I'm not going to lose my life for a homeless person. All right, here we go. Please somebody, not get off of me. Please somebody get him off of me. Okay, who did you know? And why are you next to this car? 
Are you a working girl? I don't even I, listen. That ain't my problem. Please, hey, bro, you got to leave her alone, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Come on, bro. Leave her alone, bro. Who the fuck you think you talking to, punk? As a piece of advice, gentlemen, going forward, if this is not your wife, this is not your daughter, this is not your mother, stay out of it. That's all I'm going to say right there, man. And if it's your girlfriend, she might have some business with this guy. So you might not even know that. But anyway, guys, be careful out here. Uh, there's no heroes. I, I don't like heroes that get men. I don't like when men get treated like heroes when they're in the casket taking a dirt nap. All right. And they be like, man, he stuck up for that woman. He risked his life for that woman. For what? I played a video. I played a video of a guy that actually I got a channel in trouble that I quite like. It's a self-defense firearm channel. And I featured it on my channel, and that's how powerful it is. People went and reported his video and took it down. But unfortunately, what happened was a guy got involved. It was in Mexico. He was sitting there at a nightclub at the entrance. Security was there. Uh, but he witnessed a young woman going through an argument with what looks like his boy, her boyfriend. And um, as he's in, but there wasn't a fight. It didn't get physical, but he, he was in the girl's face. And the guy was just sitting off on the side. The guy started to intervene in the argument and he pushed the boyfriend away from the girl. The boyfriend put was like what? And then he walked back and then the guy saving the woman knocked the guy down to the ground. And then after he knocks him down, he takes the woman and he says, hold on for a second. This is what he said. He start walking the woman away to safety. Unfortunately, he forgot about the man that he just knocked down, the girl, the woman's boyfriend. And the guy got reached into his waistline, pulled out the jammy, called his name, and clapped the dude. Shot him right in the chest, leaking. Down immediately, out, blood leaking. What did the girl do? Now, the security standing on the side did not intervene. The guy, the security did not intervene. What did the girl do? <laughs> the girl left with the guy who shot the other guy. The girl left with the shooter, which was her boyfriend, which was the guy who was yelling at her previously. She didn't stop and do CPR on the victim. She didn't call Mexican 911. She didn't call the cartel. She didn't call anybody. She didn't call his family. She didn't ask for his name. She didn't put a splint. She didn't put a, <laughs> right? She did nothing. She went right with the guy who did the shooting, which was the boyfriend who was ab abusing her. Ninja, please. Ninja, you lost your life. You lost your life trying to defend a woman who eventually left with the, please. Be careful out there. Now you out there leaking. Of course, he died. Now you out there done died when previously you could have just stayed out of the business. All right. Anyway, well, I'm telling you guys, save, save your own life first. Let's go over to LAX. And apparently we have a woman that's mommy wine time at LAX. Apparently she can't handle her liquor. Let's go to Twitter. Is this Twitter or is this Instagram still? Okay, let's take a look here. Um, I think this is LAX. Uh, here she is right here. Oh, she got her. Who's the head honcho here? You tell me. 
kiss me. Kiss me. And tell me who's the head on you here. What, I'm not hot enough for you? I'm not hot enough? I'm not sexy enough? I'm just spit at you. Tell me I'm fucking hot. Tell me I'm fucking sexy. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Now control hold. Oh, animal control. Because I look like a mad woman and you're going to break my bones? You're going to break my bones, security? Security's going to break my bones to get me to fucking shut up? What are you doing to me? What are you doing to my back? Wow, that went well. They did need animal control for this rabid human being here. Well, this guy's cop, this sheriff, or this police officer's hand is really close to that peace leave, so he better be careful here. Um, but the funny thing is, um, what is going on with why does she want him to kiss her? Kiss me. And then she's asking, is she sexy? which is an indicator of this woman that hit the wall and her Xanax is mixing with her alcohol and she cannot understand why nobody finds her sexy anymore. This is indicative of the wall. So she's asking for a lot here. She's probably not getting approached anymore. And uh, she didn't hit the proverbial wall, right? It's the mental wall, the metaphor walls, the financial wall, all wrapped in one, the marital wall. She didn't divorce. I mean, she probably didn't hit every wall and this is the result. <laughs> <laughs> she got that demon. The desperation when she said, kiss me, look at her face. Her face is like, nobody wants to kiss me. She got the sad eyes. All right. She got the turkey neck. And my brother right here, Hector said, kiss me. <laughs> he thought about it for a minute. He was like, hmm, Millie Mouth Muskrat. Okay, I'll take one for the team. All right, back in the day, cops would have violated. But here you go. Kiss me and tell me who's the head on What? I'm not hot enough for you? But I'm not hot enough for you. Yeah, she didn't hit the wall. So back about 32 years ago, she probably was a decent looking plain Jane, right? She was a master splinter about 34 years ago. Right. She, but now, I mean, she, you know, this is what she used to look like when she was 32 years ago. Now she's in her 50s. Now she's looking crazy out here. All right. So now she's looking even worse. All right. She said, yeah, well, I'm not hot enough for you. Uh, not for many. You're doable, though. People will, uh, people will throw that salami down there. I'm not hot enough. I'm not sexy enough. Oh, she spit on him. Oh, yeah. That's an assault. Uh, disgraceful, man. They need to put hoods on for these rabbit animals because we don't know what type of STI infections they got, what kind of gonorrhea or syphilis or herpes in the mouth. We don't know what they got, but uh, this is definitely assault. And uh, anytime you spit on a person, that is jail time. She spit on him twice. Lights. Tell me. Tell me. She needs one person to tell her she's sexy. She's like, if you want my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, copper, let me know. Oh, my goodness. This is an absolute disgrace. Tell me. Not control hold. Oh, oh, she knows about the control hole. Yeah, man, this is a pure animal right here. Animal control? Because I look like a mad woman and you're going to break my bones? You're going to break my bones, security? 
Security's gonna break my bones to get me to fucking shut up! What are you doing to me? What are you doing to my dad? I'm going to tell you a little known secret. I'm going to tell you a little known secret about this uh, straggle right here. A lot of men in suburban neighborhoods deal with that at about 1030 p.m. And a lot of people don't know about this because once this woman has gone down and she's off of her cocaine stupor and she's, uh, you know, the wine has left her body, a lot of suburban male husbands deal with crazy shit like that on a constant basis probably every three days a week deal with that shit now if he divorces her if he cheats on her if he punches her if he pushes her she probably does that to her husband all the time this is an absolute fact now a lot of people don't know that because when you see her she'd be like oh hi and you'd be like oh look at it she about 105 pounds soaking wet she looks simple. She doesn't look like she's crazy. And she just goes, hi, everybody. But soon as night comes, she probably puts her husband through that same bullshit untold. And nobody will ever believe it. Okay. Nobody would ever believe it. And if you've experienced this, somebody said, I don't believe you. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Suburban wives do that shit all the time. I've lived in the suburbs for many years. And I've been to a lot of... um. Um, white women are very deceptive. They're very deceptive. Their deception lies behind the what society paints of them. So they're always the victim. They're always the passive, the passive person where the other person is obviously the aggressor. They're always seen like, no, I, I never would have expected that from her. But what, what they do is they use that. And I've seen them under the influence of alcohol. All right. When they are under the influence of alcohol or any mental health meds or a combination of the two, they get weird. They get super duper weird and they get super duper sexually aggressive. OK, super duper. They have yeah, the cloak of innocent. They get sexually aggressive. They become somebody, um, you know, they have to. They're in the Matrix. I always tell people about suburban people are in the Matrix, meaning every now and then they'll glitch but they work every day to not glitch. And so middle class, lower middle class and, and ghetto people don't understand. You guys can openly operate outside the matrix to an extent because nobody expects anything from you. So when you act crazy and twerk in, in public restaurants, they say, well, you just a piece of shit anyway, right? But these people work every day to not glitch. And it's a very organized campaign. And it sometimes drives them crazy mentally. They can't handle this constant pressure of being the good they can't and so what happens is that alcohol turns them into the, who they really are okay Hi, girl, I love Josie. <laughs> Josie's so drunk but I love her. Josie <laughs> Josie are you yeah they'll start they'll start being racist <laughs> they'll start being racist when they'll be like, I voted for Obama. I marched on the bridge and with Martin Luther King and Selma. As soon as they start drinking, they'd be like, you know what I don't like about ninjas? And you'd be like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't realize we were talking about race. Yeah, well, I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I walked into a bar in Wyoming. Quick story time. I walked into a bar in Wyoming. And this bar is in a small town. I walked in. And there was a white man sitting at the end of the bar and he's a known 
visitor, repeat visitor. This ninja was drinking like he was drunk. I walked in and apparently he hadn't seen a black person ever in this bar. I walked in the door. He sees me. He looks and he was like, he looked at his drink. He shook his head. He was like, <laughs> wiping his eyes. He was like, what? He started looking around at people. Everybody started laughing at him. He was like, <laughs> he was like, what the fuck is it? He was like, what, man? I'm super drunk. He was like, man, am I dead? He was like, maybe the Lord doesn't call me home. God is black. God is black. See, CG, see God Allah. He could not believe it. Yeah, he would hit me with the. Wait a minute. Who are you? He said, man, dude, he was gone and everybody was laughing at him. And he was known. He was he wasn't a dangerous guy. But <laughs> I just thought about that story. He was like, oh, take me now, Lord. I didn't see somebody I thought I would never see. It was crazy, man. He was like, so the drug, the alcohol yeah, takes him anywhere. Anyway, we got to uh, let's go back to the strong, the strong and independent black woman. All right. Right here. Uh, this is Laquisha. Her name is Laquisha. Her literally name is Laquisha. Laquisha got something to say about being strong and successful and how being a successful woman puts you in a lose lose. OK, here we go. Expects to be taken care of everywhere right yeah. it's just in america when a black woman says she want to be taken care of it's a problem and then when she began to take care of herself it's still a problem when people tell me i'm bossed up that's what they say or mm. i'm intimidated by you you will see oh i can't afford you i can't like i should i should be your motivation to be ambitious enough to come up here yeah. so you you know you can take care of a woman like yeah. me because i'm not gonna I'm not going to suffer in my lifestyle that I know that I deserve. And like, I come from poverty. I come mm. from nothing. So that guy gave me a gift to live this life. I'm going to live it to the fullest. Mm. And I'm not going to wait on anybody to give me that ability or give me that, that, that reason to do that. Mm. I have to create that for myself until someone comes along. But you think when somebody come along and be like, Oh no, I got my own money. I'm too independent. No, like, and then people talking about splitting bills and stuff. See, I'm the type, I ain't got time for pettiness, right? Like, mm. just give me the bill. I'll pay for it. If a man doesn't have it and they request that the bill be split and you say, okay, I got it. I got you it. You don't think that would make him feel a certain way? You shouldn't ask to split the bill. But in what the if first he place. only got half? Well, we shouldn't be outside. It's How, man, black women won't come off of this, unfortunately, man. And this is what keeps them the most single they, they're the most single, they're the least married and most divorced. And, you know, they pride themselves in being in, uh, you know, taking their success as their own source of identity. And I get it, you know, because success has that success has that um, after effect. You know what I mean? Like when you achieved a lot, you do want to thump your chest. And what they tend to achieve is basic. I mean, economically, they represent uh, some of the poorest women in America. Right. They're they're amongst the poorest women and the most indebted women in America. Right. So at the same time, when they're bragging, it seems to be they're bragging about something simple, something that every adult should be able to do. And um, then they hold it above another group of people, which are their supposed mate selection group who tend to be among the poorest as well. So they want to mate with people who are just as poor or even indebted as them. And then what happens is the frustration is 
she's arguing um she's arguing um that the little bit of success the little bit of extra success that she has should afford her to be treated and paid for by people that she's selecting from that don't have it now the men that do have it from this group highly likely won't deal with a woman like her so if there is a successful man from her cohort they're gonna avoid her like the plague she doesn't understand why this is happening it's a very simple thing it's very simple so she's ahead of most women in her family and her community the men she wants favor from to treat her are ahead of her but they don't deal with her the men that she gets to deal with that wants to split 50 50 are the men she probably has to deal with more than likely and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the conversation. She also has a lose-lose situation where she refuses to lose weight. That should be on the table as a part of the discussion as well. So she's obviously lose-lose situation and a no-lose-lose situation with this battle with losing weight and also losing that attitude and that masculinity. Look, you can be successful however Throwing it in the face, thumping your chest, being the alpha woman is not going to yield you the best results. And possibly, just possibly, talk about changing your name, all right? Mm. LaQuisha probably isn't a good name to go by. And as such, your parents gave you that name. You've assumed the identity of a LaQuisha, but you could probably change your name. And actually, since you change your name or use a different name, a middle name, you probably could have your attitude change as a result. But of course... Stereotypes are stereotypes, and she's not going to get any upper tier men. She's just living a hope strategy. Expect to be taken care of everywhere, right? Yeah. It's just in America when a black woman says she want to be taken care of, it's a problem. And then when she began to take care of herself, it's still a problem. This woman has dealt with many drug dealers. This woman has dealt with many drug dealers all her life. I'm talking about from teenage years into middle 20s it's very apparent very apparent when people tell me i'm bossed up that's what they say or mm. i'm intimidated by you you will see oh i can't afford you i can't like i should i should be your motivation to be ambitious enough to come up here really i mean yeah this is drug dealer talk she sounds like she's been dealing around pimps and drug dealers i this woman believes that she should be my motivation to come up. Take a look. Are we joking here? I mean, listen, I've been out of the community for a long time. This got to be a joke, <laughs> okay? This has to be a joke. This woman will be nowhere near my motivation to do anything in life other than run from her, okay? <laughs> Continuing here, all right? See, she's just saying this because she has a vagina. Let's just be honest. She's saying that if she did not have a vagina, she would not say any of these things. If she had a salami between her legs, the conversation changes immediately. But because she has a vagina, she's going to say, well, I should and you should and what? Why? <laughs> yeah. So, you you know, you can't take care of a woman like me yeah. because I'm not going to I'm not going to suffer in my lifestyle that I know that I deserve. And like, I come from poverty. I come mm. from nothing. So. That God gave me a gift to live this life, I'm going to live it to the fullest. Mm. And I'm not going to wait on anybody to give me that ability or give me that 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 reason to do that. Mm. I have to create that for myself. And uh, well, there's a reason why. I mean, you're masculine. If you assume the masculine, you have to operate like a masculine. So you have to assume that for yourself. 
not only that, you know, women that are below a four or a five on the beauty scale are essentially men. So you have to be act as a man. All right. So here we go right here. Uh, continuing. To someone comes along. But you think when somebody come along and be like, oh, no, I got my own money. I'm too independent. No. Like and then people talking about splitting bills and stuff. See, I'm the type. I ain't even got time for pettiness. Right. Like mm. just give me the bill. I'll pay for it. If a man doesn't have it and they request that the bill be split and you say, OK, I got it. I got you it. You don't think that would make him feel a certain way. You shouldn't ask to split the bill. In what the if he only got? All right. So this is the conversation is circular. Um, she asked, I'll take, I'll pay for the bill. She ain't got the money to pay for the bill. So now it's, I shouldn't ask to pay for the bill. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, let's go to the next woman here. We're going to a Nigerian princess, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to Nigeria. Well, she's an American Nigerian princess. What do they call them out here? They call them. What is, what is, um, what is my brother's name? I can't think of his name. Uh, he talks about FBAs. You know I'm bad with names. I mean no disrespect. He talks about FBAs all the time. Anyway, Tariq Nasheed. All right, so this is um, what does Tariq Nasheed call them? Tariq, Tariq Nasheed calls them a, a tether or something. I can't remember what he calls them. Tethers, yes. So we're going to a tether. <laughs> he would be proud of me. All right, uh, Tariq Nasheed. We're going to a tether. All right, here's a tether right here. I don't know what they I don't know what it means to be honest with you, but it sounds funny to me when he talks about them. All right, any rich businessmen available? Any rich businessmen available? Oh, this should be interesting. Looking for a wealthy businessman, like somebody who um, can take care of me, because like the way that I was, I'm a Nigerian. I'm a Nigerian woman. I want the same household that I had when I was a child. So my dad took care of my mother all his wives all his girlfriends they never had to like lift a finger when i was younger i never never entered the kitchen i'm looking for a wealthy businessman like somebody who um can take care of me because like the way that i was i'm a nigerian i'm a nigerian woman i want the same household that i had when i was a child so my dad took care of my mother all his wives, all his girlfriends, they never had to, like, lift a finger. When I was younger, I never, never entered the kitchen. Oh, man, yeah. Um, we're not in Nigeria anymore. That's number one. Number two, if you are up for a poly relationship, that's open for discussion for me. I'm definitely game for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're not in Nigeria anymore, so that's going to be your number one problem. We are in a, uh, we're in a place where women and men Women have volunteered to want to work for some reason. I think it's a dumb thing that decision, but they did it. And uh, now you're here. You have to operate as such. If you do want that, you can go back to Nigeria. And I'm not sure if that wig will be welcome back, but you could probably take it. You do look like a nice piece of chocolate. All right. And I like a nice piece of chocolate. All right. Um, I like I love skin. Right. And she does have a clear. Now, she does have that wig on and a lot of makeup. But she does look like a nice piece of chocolate foldable. I will fold that shit up like a love letter from the second grade and a piece of Hershey Kisses. All right, but that's neither here nor there. You in America now, sweetheart. And that proposition that you're offering up probably can't be, um, can, cannot be offered to you unless you go in a community that offers that. So there are men that will allow you to be one of the women that shares him. But you got to know your place and you got to be willing to do what he says as he says, 
But if you're getting this from a regular guy or even a simp, it's not going to it's not going to work in America. Most men can barely afford to take care of themselves. Right. Secondly, barely a lot of men can afford to take care of a woman like we're going to get to the stay at home mom conversation here in a bit. But most men can't even take care of a girlfriend or a wife and allow her to stay home if she wishes. We don't have that ability. Number three, um, did I even say number one or two? Well, additionally, I'll say, additionally, I'll say, if that man does have the ability to do so, he probably is going to pick someone that actually has his best interest at heart and not just using her for money and or you will be a concubine, but you will not live in the house. So in Nigeria, he might be able to have wives and girlfriends and all that stuff. But in America, not so much. All right, at least not in the open. But she can dream. Last one. And uh, we have an OnlyFans muskrat. Gentlemen, how difficult is it for you? We're going to talk to the top 1% of OnlyFans er earners. Allegedly, this woman's going to reveal the truth about what she makes as an OnlyFans person. Now, this is not the muskrat. The muskrat you see on the screen now is not the woman. She's the woman that's going to be probably enticed to do the OnlyFans. But let's take you to the scene of the crime. Sure, are you railing in on OnlyFans? Drop it. <laughs> drop Come it. On Come on, drop it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the first, so I started in May 2021. Um, Did you do like a hard launch? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Um, until like October, this past October, mm -hmm. I would make like, like a hundred to 150k a month, and then, and then I made it a TikTok. So you know, guys know Anna Paul, obviously. Yes, yes. So she made this TikTok of her like filming a day in her life as an OnlyFans creator, mm -hmm. and she started it off with like, "So I'm a sex worker," and I was like, "Wow, that's like great!" Like probably like, it had so many views. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, I want to do that." So I made like a vlog, like, and I started it off with that, and I vlogged like me getting ready for my OnlyFans shoot, and it did so fucking well, like in October this past October. Mm -hmm. Um, so now it's like, like 350 a month. <laughs> it's insane. Are you crazy. serious? It's what do you, well, I guess you go to her sales concerts. What else yeah. do you do with all this money? Well, I just travel. Cruises. Yeah. I just. <laughs> Cruises are cheap, bro. Cruises are mad they cheap. Are. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how much are you railing in on OnlyFans? <laughs> oh, wait. Damn. Drop it. Drop Come it. On Come on. I'm pausing on the go. Um, all right, and so here's the girl. Here's the girl. Now, I don't believe the number she's saying, although she probably is not far off. One of the indication telltale signs is she's tugging at her clothes while describing what it is. She's touching her nose, scratching her face. There's a lot of guilt, telltale giveaways that she's not being completely honest, and she's probably rounding off or bringing out the best month. So she probably has had a month at 350. She probably has made 150 or 175. I, I, I don't... I don't think she's completely lying. There is some lies in here. There are some lies in here. All right. And there's some dead, dead tail giveaways here. Watch. She grabs her, her, her sweatshirt. She starts adjusting herself. Um, but in this idea, she's a plain Jane looking girl. We discussed this earlier that the women that do the best in these endeavors tends to be girls like this. She has what we call the girl next door. Look, it's not a hardcore big booty model BBL slut look. This girl is uh, somewhat attainable. This girl looks like somebody that you could have went to a suburban high school with. She looks innocent. 
She portrays innocent. So what happens is people will say, well, she's average looking. Unfortunately, we last night stream, we told you about average looking girls. They tend to be the women who get the most approaches. They tend to be the women that we don't mind getting rejected by. They tend to be less intimidating. They tend to be more relatable. They tend to be seem and appear most innocent. Thus, they get the most action. And you will find that some of the biggest amateur prawn girls are average looking girls. Okay. Yep. She looks like a girl that could be in your class, your church, your next door, uh, at the community swim pool that you might fantasize. Oh, look at a girl at the swim pool in my community. Walking down the street, the average girl you will see walking down the street, as opposed to the vixen, the overtly sexual dominatrix, the BBL booty model. So when you're having a fantasy, you tend to want to fantasize about regular average girls as opposed to a poster girl that seems well without of your range of possibility. Yeah, she looks like the pool lifeguard, right? The lifeguard at your neighborhood pool. So you might say, oh, there's a little, um, there's a little neotness, little uh, younger woman, and so forth and so on. So, yeah, non-manufactured women. So these women do incredibly good on these sites. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to say, why would she do well? She's lying. I think she does well. I don't think she does what she's saying. However, I know how this works. You also have overweight women. You can laugh at it as much as you want. They probably do well, not, not extensively well. They probably do well because they're attainable. They're average. They're, they seem like you can actually have this fantasy with her. And But this tells you where we are in society as well, for her to be able to pull this kind of money down. And many of these guys are probably older, married, and so forth. I will tell you, most of these girls are probably older. I mean, most of the guys who support her are probably older and married. Okay, not incels, okay? Mm. Not guys that can't get girls per se. They probably have daughters around her, her age, right? So I'm giving you insight. Um, <laughs> like the first, so I started in May 2021. Um, 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 Did you do like a hard launch? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, some of this is a lie. Yep. Um, until like October, this past October, mm -hmm. I would make like scratch. Mm. See, these are I can't believe anything she's telling me. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, yep, <laughs> right. Um, there it is, right there. We got another one coming like, up. Hard swallow, mm. <laughs> looking off, uh, no eye contact, thinking like a hundred to one hundred fifty k, like a hundred to one hundred fifty k. Okay, what else? A month. And, and then I made it a TikTok. So, you know, guys know Anna Paul, obviously. Yes. Changing the subject. Yeah. So she made this TikTok of her like pulling at her sweatshirt. Mm. <laughs> right. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, there's too many telltale signs of body language. Give it away. Give it away. Every goddamn thing. I mean, Lord have mercy in 10 seconds, guys. You can look. You guys can figure this shit out. So there is some lies in there. I don't know where the lies are. Right. But she lying. All right. And it's not that hard to tell. So do me a favor. You know, what's hard. Pause. Hitting the like button. I would love for you to hit the like button to get some more people in here to get this truth. This is the best entertainment here on YouTube. And I would appreciate it if you get this truth. What we got coming up 
is we got the realities of the job marketplace hitting into the blue mind chip, blue chip mindset. We're going to talk about the effects on social media. We have a person who's invested in social media early on, and he's going to talk about that he doesn't use it because of the effects that it has on society. Then we're going to get in the conversation. 80% of people are lazy and not getting the results that they deserve. Also, stay-at-home income, stay-at-home mom income conversation comes up yet again. And, of course, it's full of delusion. Hit that like button. We're going to take a quick, quick break for we to get to 1,000 likes. So women, you know, we're more educated now. And Americans owe more than $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. And women reportedly hold around two-thirds of that debt. Women hold nearly two-thirds of the outstanding student debt at around $930 billion. Now, some presidential candidates are proposing solutions to fix the worsening debt problem. This proposal completely eliminates student debt in this country. I also found it interesting that 37% of women don't really understand the whole student loan payback system, but men, they understand it a little bit better. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. And the irony is that this is Elizabeth Warren, the woman who is getting 300000 a year for teaching one course. How do you feel about these people here who, who show up to, to show their free speech trying to censor you right now? Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'll get back to the show. We got Harem King says, shout out to Kevin's wife for holding masculine, feminine frame. He says, by the way, coach, is the Leave It to Beaver, is the Leave It to Beaver family a dead idea? Um, so Kevin's wife holding feminine frame. And yes, the Leave It to Beaver idea um, is dead for sure. All right, we're going to talk about stay-at-home moms here in a minute. But uh, the idea that you can have a wife at home that, comes and puts your slipper on, gives you your pipe in the newspaper, hi, dear, was a highly manufactured in image to begin with, right? So most men could not at, uh, attain that wife to begin with. And, um, and it was marketed through the television industry, the early television industry, to portray the innocence of society. Andy Griffith was another example. I Love Lucy, to an extent, was another example um, there's, there's a plenty of shows, my dear, my three dads, um, the Donna, Donna, whatever her name is show. These were all fake and manufactured. And there was also the manuf all of these shows mostly was to sell appliances, <laughs> right? It was to sell appliances, right? And so the commercials, much of entertainment and programming centers around advertisers and commercials, same as magazines. There's small uh, the, a magazine back in the day, shout out to the baby boomers, was filled with advertisement and a little bit of content. Same with television shows. And then they got crafty and even put the 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 appliances in the television show. And then they ran commercials on top of that. So these were part of the ad Mad Men times. Not Donna Summers, but Donna Reed, the Donna Reed show. And uh, Ed, uh, Mr. Ed, 
So these were all just concoctions and manufacturers to get society to uh, to try to uh, attain these things like reality shows are to attain straggle daggle mindsets. Right. It wasn't a degenerate type of programming. It was just to capitalize on marketplace. So these weren't real. There were people who could afford this, but most women have always worked part time, supplemental income, helping family businesses and so forth. And if you did have a wife that stayed home, she probably was on pill popping fat. All right. Yeah. Ozzy and Harriet fathers knows best. These were all concoctions. These were all. So we look at it at it now and say we wish women could be like the 1950s. But the 1950s was mostly a manufactured in, um, image. And it also reflected the push from the cities out of the Great Depression and World War uh, II into suburban life. So suburban life was new. People, this is white flight. This was the original, let's get out of the cities. And these people ran from the cities to the suburbs, and then they had to portray suburban life. Okay? Suburban life. These people ran out to the country. The woman woman didn't have the ability to go out and get a job. If it was, what, what kind of job could she get? So she just stayed home. Most of these women were not happy. Most of these women were not willingly participating in it. It's just that they didn't have as many options. So in my opinion, this is just my opinion. These were manufactured concoctions of modern life. These were things to aspire to be, not what was, not what was. This is just my opinion, though. My opinion, but <laughs> it's just mostly propaganda. Um, and before the communists got a hold of television and the Marxists, this is what this is what they portrayed of American life. Um, and then uh, in this time frame, the Red Scare came along. This is drunk history. The Red Scare came along, which people said, hey, communism uh, is trying to infect and infest our media and such. And they did. And then the communists got a hold of television right around the late 70s into the 80s, going into the 90s. Then you start to see degeneracy. Then you start to see a different message being pushed. The message being pushed was of broken homes and strong and independent and um, um, white families adopting black kids because the black parents were either strung out on drugs. The mom died. The dad died. Webster, Gary Coleman, uh, different strokes. Um, you started to see degeneracy. You start to see a different message being pushed which was opposite so that told you that there was a there was a coup d'etat there was a there was a there was a transition in the way television was used to program people and so forth and so on then in the 90s it started to have a political push into liberalism then going into 2000 it was straight up degeneracy okay mm. straight up degeneracy being pushed through with reality shows dumbing down of the population, distracting them, giving them bread and circus, and so forth and so on. So anyway, if you really wanted to know <laughs> right, how I felt, all of it is not real. None of, none of it is real. We're all watching the World Wrestling Federation when you watch television. And I've been in the industry as well, not on the big level, but in the little level to see what's behind that curtain. And these people, you will find the actors, they're actors. They're literally acting. They are nothing like the personality they are on these shows. Zero. Some of the males that play uh, husbands are gay. Some, not all, enough of them are. Some of these people are on drugs. Okay. All right. I can name a whole bunch of them. Some of these girls that play teenagers are adults. They smoke behind, off camera, off screen. Some of these blonde vixens are, are, um, Harvey Weinstein, 
um, recipients of talent. They were no talent individuals, but they slept with Harvey and they became covers on Maxims and got TV shows. I mean, it's, but I'm telling y'all too much. New, 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 new world order. <laughs> I'm telling y'all too much. Please, bro. Don't believe that shit. Yeah, Cliff Hustable, Hustable. I mean, come on, man. Everybody should be able to see it. But listen, I love that question. I love that question because people don't know. A lot of, We got a lot of normies out here. A lot of people know, though. Shout out to the people who know. That's why I rarely use television or movies or music as evidence. I'm very conscious of that. I try not to use television, movie, or music as evidence. In fact, if somebody does use television, movies, or music as evidence to support how people used to treat people and people say things, I automatically disqualify whatever the hell they're talking about. Well, in this movie, in this movie, in the Tyler Perry movie, in this television show, in this and that, in this song, I'll be like, you're automatically disqualified. Whatever the hell you're talking about don't make no sense because it was a script. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to my brother here. I can't ever say your name, OTG. Being a hairdresser is one of the most RP jobs for women. And he says right here, my auntie used to be one, and some of her clients were straggles, pros, scrippers, sugar babies, members of crime families, etc. He says the stories she heard were unreal. And red pill jobs. Guys, get you a red pill job if you're a simp. Please do. All right. <laughs> get you a red pill job if you were a simp. Oh, also, I'm, I'm going to say too much here, but most of your shows were probably supported by at least six movie studios, six television studios, uh, five producers, the five same five producers. <laughs> right? I don't want to get into it. The same casting agents and the same script writers. But let's continue before I get in trouble because yesterday's show, I got in trouble. New, 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 new world order. Somebody said, what are dad uh, red pill jobs? We got time today. Do me. And so this is a blue chip mindset. Fitness, fitness trainer, hairdresser, bouncer, bartender, uh, a flight attendant or a, a flight captain, a, a pilot. Uh, let's see here. Um, there's uh, anybody, a DJ at a strip club or a disco or a nightclub, uh, a cab driver, Uber driver. Uh, let's see here. What other could be, uh, be, be a person in the military, a military officer, a manager of women a manager of anything, like you're a manager at Subway or a manager in a high-tech firm, a photographer, a videographer, a prawn star. Uh, anyway, divorce attorney. Yeah, military, security guard. Yeah, Shell, some, something that where you're going to see a trucker, somebody that works in the hotel lobby, a hotel, you work in a hotel lobby. You're going to see all kind of shit. You're going to see all kind of shit. You're going to be like, wow, wow. Yep, a concierge at the uh, luxury apartment or a hotel, a dentist, a doctor, a doctor, an OBGYN. You're going to see a whole bunch. You work in entertainment. You're never going to see things the same. Uh, Big Doe Butter says, uh, he says, we're on our way back from a Florida family vacation and my wife has permission from her husband to listen to the Blue Chip Mindset. Shout out to the coach gang. Appreciate you. CGA is the GOAT back in 05. When I was in medical school to become a doctor, we were lucky to see a brother in medical school for every 50 sisters. He says there may be only one brother, man, sad. 
we have to figure out, you know, black men have to figure out what we want to do here. Sligo is the sauce, and I'm here to help, but I'm here to be critical as well. Shout out to Sligo is the sauce with the co-sponsorship. He says, uh, one more week till mom's out of the house. He says, God, it can't come fast enough. They think we owe them everything. He says, I won't ever move anyone in ever again. It took my own mother to teach me that lessons, that lesson, but um, I learned it. I have. <laughs> All right. I, I messed it up. All right. You know me, Sleeko, but he says, learn that I have. Hey, your mothers will teach you red pills. Your mother will give you red pills. Um, If you deal with your mother as she ages, she's going to wake your ass up. She's going to wake you up. So um, you will find that, you know, you, you'll look at your mom and be like, damn, are all women like this as they as they age? Yes. And especially if she's not um, doesn't have a husband that's alive or a single mother, she's going to get desperate. She's going to get desperate and she's going to sink her claws into a family member, uh, a son. And uh, she's going to be like, aren't you going to take care of me? What? And, and it's going to be sad. It's going to be sad. She'll make bad decisions. She'll cost you money. And it's a sad way to go out. So single mothers don't know this of themselves yet because they don't hit that. But, um, yeah, they turn you into a son husband and they claw, scrape. They do whatever they can. And, unfortunately, they don't listen either because they're an adult. They don't feel like they should listen to you as a child or not. So you guys got to watch out for that. Hodge says OnlyFans stats are that the top 1% make 99% of the money and the average OnlyFans girl makes $180 a month. If you're making $2,500 a month, you're in the top 100, I'm sorry, the top 1%, which equates to what you would make working at an Amazon job. These chicks aren't winning. I know um, I know um, a woman that, I know several women that do OnlyFans, as a matter of fact, that I've dealt with. And they got, they got, they do other jobs. <laughs> All right. So let me just say that. Typically what happens is they'll have a peak. They'll have a couple of years. By the way, that woman was talking about 2021, that's when OnlyFans was new, less competition, and then also it was during the pandemic where people had time and people were working from home. It's different now, but people will have a boost the first couple of months. And, you know, they'll hit a peak and then it'll drop off, which will require them to do worse things on camera. The notorious NIG, Costner's wife was upset because Yellowstone hurt her family life, so she disregarded the family life of everyone else working on the set by making them work harder their divorce their divorces are now pending facts yep so she's you know one thing that people underestimate during a divorce if you have a woman like this shout out to the male nurses they know as well but one thing i want to tell you especially if you're in the upper echelon and you work in a company or you have a partnership what will happen is one divorce will cause another uh, divorce is contagious. So what will happen is this one woman will cause disruption in the force and she might go crazy and you might have a partnership. I've seen this in a dentist partnership. One of the partners went through a divorce and the woman wanted to then hire forensic accountant, which opened up the books for the rest of the partners. So there were five partners. One partner gets a divorce. She wants to get all the money and then all four are subpoenaed and their books are open because they're in a partnership. Now, what tends to happen is collateral damage. So once those books are open, then everything comes into question. Well, what is this? And what is this? And then another wife will say, well, well wait a minute. Mm. 
So that happened probably at Yellowstone. So now because it's her divorce, there's going to be things opened up. Uh, their family lives got wrecked. And then now another person's going to get it and nobody's going to hear about it because you don't hear about the collateral collateral damage. You hear about only the first one, but that is only opening up Pandora's box. That's just the one thing. Then it becomes a destructive uh, force down the line. And she causes up disruption for everybody. Um, and if there's anything that comes out of that, you will find that these people get divorced too. It's crazy. But people don't see it like that. Shout out to Justin O. Fun fact, the idea of the microwave was dumb to marketers. Oh, okay, let me get back. He says, fun fact. Justin O says, fun fact, the idea of the microwave was dumb to marketers in the 1970s because of the fear that women would be replaced in the household. Indeed. Uh, one of those things that I, you know, women don't think long term. And when we get to this talk conversation financially about the blue chip mindset here. About the stay at home mom. They have they're going to show you where they actually volunteered to replace themselves. Now they want to be paid to do the same work. John Angelo says, good morning, CGA. You are always speaking facts because that's what I'm here to do. If you can't handle the facts, get out of the kitchen. Denaro Tranquello says, out of 189 students, I was the only brother in my med school class. The baddest XXs in my class dated NFL players and street cats. One flunked out. He says, the other is obese and married a blue pill guy. Oh, boy. It's crazy. Shout out to all my medical doctors in here watching the show. You guys are in here contributing. Kirby says, let's make this money. Blue chip mindset. Let's go. And uh, I'm going to come back to the PayPals and Venmos. All right, I'm going to come back. But I want to kick this show off. I mean, I want to kick the show uh, back in here. Blue chip mindset. Uh, what are we doing here? We got AI. AI coming in. You guys see it coming. So you guys need to make adjustments right now in your marketplace, in your designs for your life. If you're a young person listening to me, think about the next 20 years. If you're an older person listening to me, meaning you're older than 35, you need to think about what your next your your next. Uh, three decades are going to look like. I'm going to show you a video of perhaps something that you might not have seen before. And this is of, um, it looks like a, it looks like a, I don't know if this is uh, in progress, but it looks like, um, it looks like a fruit farm, an apple farm or something like this. Okay. Could be somewhere in Washington. And I have plenty of examples of this, but take a look at the action that this, that this thing is having here. So you have a drone picking Apples at the farm. A drone picking apples at the farm. And it seems to be something that they're utilizing more and more. And um, they can scan the fruit successfully, figure out which ones are ripe for the picking. And it determines not only which fruit are ripe, but also sugar content. And I said it says something else. So this is right here, something that we're going to see more prominent in the next two decades. This is not something that's going to replace human labor tomorrow, but in the next 20 years, they're going to highly, this is going to be highly effective. And it actually does things a lot better than human beings do. Human beings tend to be lazy. They wear down, they get tired. They have families, children, they got soccer games to go to and so forth. They tend to be inefficient, less efficient than these uh, robots. And if these companies can find that, it's much cheaper to invest in them like solar panels. And then over time, 20 and 30 years, they can recoup the cost and actually keep the profit for themselves and not depend on human labor. 
This is where we're going. This is where we're going. Yep, they don't call in sick. They don't miss. They also don't, um, they also don't, uh, um, what do you call it? They don't get sick. They don't require insurance, work comp, or any of these things. So this is what's happening here. Disability and so forth. They don't need a retirement fund or pension. And this is kind of where we're going. So I want you to think about this. AI is going to be pushed. When we get to the next conversation, you have to realize there's a lot of people here that are ready to push out into our society. This is not to scare you. Artificial intelligence. They're ready to push this out. And they have so much that is available to them now that they feel like they can capitalize on this. And they don't care about the job marketplace for the human being. We have a lot of people coming across the border. And these things do, these uh, pieces of equipment are cheaper in the long run and they can do the job better. How are you going to figure out where you're going to fall in line on this one? I don't want people to be ignorant. <laughs> I don't want people to be ignorant like, nah, man, this ain't happening. It's happening. And they actually want to push more onto us than we're able to actually handle right now. So they're holding back information. They're holding back technology because if they let it go and they have permission to let it go, it would kind of put us in a quagmire really quickly here. Okay, so they have law enforcement, law enforcement drones. They have all kind of drones. They have the ability to replace the worker already. It's just that people can't afford the technology right now, right? So you have warehouses that could probably replace much of their labor force, but they can't even afford it right now or afford to finance it. And it's in their plans in the next three to five years. And they're already putting some places in plants and financing it. It's just a matter of time when they can afford it. So anyway, <laughs> it's a weird world that we're going to get into. So I want you to think about it. And if you wanted to explore it more, come over to the money mindset, patreon.com backslash coach Greg Adams and hit the money mindset link. The link is in the description box below. All right, let's get to this one right here. This is going to be a gentleman who worked. Let me see if I can get his name. This is a former Facebook executive and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the partners of the Golden State Warriors, but I might be wrong on this one. Let me see if I can get his name for you before I show you. Um, anyway, I can't get his name, but let's show him and talk about what he believes are the effects of social media on our society. Okay, Not only on our society, our relationships, our marriages. Let's see if he can talk about it here. Here we go. I feel tremendous guilt. I think we all knew in the back of our minds, even though we feigned this whole line of like, there probably aren't any really bad unintended consequences. I think in the back, deep, deep recesses of our minds, we, we kind of knew something bad could happen. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. It is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other. There were these examples where um, there was a hoax in WhatsApp where... Um, in some like village in India, um, people were like afraid that their kids were going to get kidnapped, etc. 
And then there were these lynchings that happened as a result, where people were like vigilante running around. They think they found the person, and they—I mean, seriously? Like that's what we're dealing with. Your behaviors—you don't realize it, but you are being programmed. So my solution is, I just don't use these tools anymore. New, 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 new world order. Okay. Um, this is should be obvious to the people, but it's not. If you didn't see the movie. The documentary and it was called social i can't remember what it's called see i'm using a movie as a reference as i said i would not but it was a documentary called social something but uh this should be painfully obvious obviously you have the dollars behind it you have the exposure you have the social network thank you uh i would suggest that you watch it it will give you an idea of why we have a great divide amongst our society why we have extreme conservatism and extreme li liberalism and not a lot of moderates why we have extreme racism on both sides, on all sides. Why we have extreme ideas about the red pill versus feminism and nothing is getting talked about in between. Why we have extreme views about toxic masculinity versus real traditional masculinity. Why we have this idea of women can be independent, but also they need help in the damsel in distress and there's not in between. So these things will tell you why these things happen. Now, this programming was what I talked about with television. And television realized that they can't actually program how we think, how we react, what we care about, what we discuss, and so forth and so on. Now social media has taken a place of the idiot box called the television. Now we have the television in our hand, which once was a fantasy, and what we thought would be innocent has actually caused us to have a, has a, a disturbance in the force. The social dilemma was also another one. And uh, it has allowed people to be virtue signalers. I hate virtue signalers out here. People who get on their virtue and they run a social media and say, hey, look at what I did and look at what I feel and I'm right. These people are just as part of the problem. And as a, a toxic person on social media is because we know that that is an act. Now, he's saying he doesn't use social media. Similarly, as Steve Jobs says, he doesn't use the He didn't let his family use any of the devices that he was responsible for creating. So I was thinking about the uh, social network was about Facebook. I was thinking about the other one. So it was the social dilemma. The social dilemma is the movie that I would suggest. All right. So thank you for sharing that and, and clearing that up. So now we have this guy who says he was on the forefront of pushing it through and that there was conversations earlier about the negative impact and the consequences to that. I want you to pay attention. These are also been to be the people who push AI into your hands, into your households, into your jobs. These are also going to people be the people. And there's already conversation, meaning there's people that know that this is not going to turn out well, okay? Mm. They know this. They're having a conversation. They're like, what? Even your boy, even your boy, um, allegedly, Bill Gates. New, 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 new world order. Bill Gates is coming out. I was going, I don't know. Now, I can't trust anything that he says, but even he's like, I don't know. But when profits are concerned, the movie iRobot, another example of something that I've that leads you to believe that these people don't care. They just want to push the profits, meaning that they're not going to be exposed to the danger. They will expose the normie, the general population, the GP, the deaf, dumb and blind, the 85 percent. They'll expose you to it. And then whatever happens, happens as long as the 5 percent. I'm sorry, the 10 percent. Uh, the 10 percent get the profit. So. Here we go right here, um, and I want to play it again just so you can get it again and can seek in your brain, all right? 
be careful of how you treat television, movies, radio, music, social media, and so forth. Be careful how you treat it because sometimes these things are used against you, not for you. Here we go. I haven't for years. I feel tremendous guilt. I think we all knew in the back of our minds, even though we feigned this whole line of like, there probably aren't any really bad unintended consequences. I think in the back deep, deep recesses of our minds, we, we kind of knew something bad could happen. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. It is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other. There were these examples where um, there was a hoax in WhatsApp where um, in some like village in India, um, people were like afraid that their kids were going to get kidnapped, etc. And then there were these lynchings that happened as a result where people were like vigilante running around. They think they found the person and they, I mean, seriously? Like that's what we're dealing with. Your behaviors, you don't realize it, but you are being programmed. So my solution is I just don't use these tools anymore. I haven't for years. New, 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 new world order. All right. Um, and uh, we, we do know that elections have been interfered with with social media. We do know that there's hackers from other agencies and or governments and or countries that have interfered in our elections. We've gone computer. It's, it's, it's getting to the point where you don't know. You won't know what's real and what's fake. We have um the ability to take even the Coach Greg Adams show, put AI out there and disseminate and say a completely opposite message, we have the ability to do that. So be careful out here. Really be vigilant and hypervigilant about yourself, what you consume, and then also what your family and your children are consuming because they are being propagandized as well. A lot of your children are being gaslit and, of course, uh, being caused uh, to act erratically. Act erratically, and it's also some say it's causing mental illness in young women. Young women, mental illness. Because these women cannot compete. So, um, you know, this is what it is. Anyway, do you agree? Do you agree? <laughs> Somebody says five hours, we can make a CGA deep fake. Yep. Uh, somebody have already done a deep fake on me. All right. So, um, and it was a member of the coach gang. So he shared it. He had said, look, look, I made a deep fake of your voice. With my voice, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but he didn't put a lot of time into it. So he didn't try to perfect it, but he did it. And it didn't sound 100% like me. And I'm sure if he spent time doing it, he probably can get it. But he did it. It was done. And he sent it to me. And I was like, damn. I was like, yo, that's dangerous. The deep fake is brutal. It's going to cause it's gonna cause mass chaos. And this is a blue chip. Don't say this is in the blue chip show. It's going to cause mass chaos because young people are dumb as hell. They don't even know how many states there are in the union. Thus, they will not be able to tell the difference between a George Washington deep fake and an Abraham Lincoln deep fake and a Barack Obama deep fake. They ain't even going to realize that uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't have television, but they dumbass is going to run with it. Okay. Mm.
they're not going to be able to do it. It's, it's just going to be that they're, they're super dumb. <laughs> All right. So they don't even know. So then they will see Abraham Lincoln talking and it'll be and Abraham Lincoln to be a black man. So it's going to be crazy. There's people who think Abraham Lincoln was a black man. So that's not as crazy as we think. Shout out to Eric size says donating to the show. Shout out to the coach of the coach gang. Shout out to you, brother. All right. Kevin Sullivan says that's the pimping coach. He did look like the pimping. All right. He definitely was. I think that definitely was a pimp. How situation. Hey, we got some brothers here that are donating on the PayPal and we're going to get all of them brothers. We're going to start from the back going to the front. You got to watch your back. Um, let me see here. Let me see here. Oh boy. It's just, it's just wasting time. I'm trying to do it. Shout out to, uh, uh, what do we got here? Daniel McGee says maintenance text will never be replaced. Free agent lifestyle for life. All right. No government name says please. People always brag about how their relationship is perfect and going strong. It is probably the complete opposite. He says, I don't care what anybody thinks. There is no such thing as a perfect relationship or marriage. Anytime people say that you automatically have to believe that the man, if a woman is saying she has a perfect relationship, she, the man is henpecked, <laughs> right? The man has no voice. The man just in the picture smiling like this here. He like this here. He like, Niggas always gotta show they I want to hear what the man got to say. Oh, you will overwhelmingly realize, pull that man to the side. This ninja like, help me. Right. Jay Green says everything you said about single older mothers are true. He says, after listening to you, I realized this and I had to really prepare myself to move out of her house. And now I'm on my way to owning my own um, co-op. It says should be closing in a week or so. Thank you, coach. Yes. Um, the single mother epidemic is going to a lot of you guys are going to find out. Uh, that they're going to run into major problems later in their lives, and they're going to clamor. They're going to they're going to sink their claws into you, potentially drag you down if they can't rebound from it. So you better be prepared. Daily says, "Hey, brother, coach, we love you." Pause. Just a message to the boys, guys. Why are you? Uh, why are you as a man liking girls' pictures? If you see a girl attractive on Instagram or whatever, and you feel a strong urge to click like, chop your hands off, you rainbow cuck. He says, "That's all." Peace, coach. Shout out to you. Um, appreciate you, man. Um, I actually have given that advice for sure for a lot of men to not follow as many as these girls' profiles. Like, and I don't like the pictures either. I won't click the like. Um, I might save it. <laughs> All right, I might save the picture, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't follow the women. Right. So we have another guy right here. We're gonna call you Ray. He says Coach Dradamus strikes again, Massachusetts looking to uh, decriminalize prostitution, okay? Um, let me see if I can share that with you really quick here. Uh, CGA back on it again at the forefront. There have been a few at the forefront. I haven't been the only one, but I was one of the only bigger ones to come up with this. And uh, Los Angeles is going full decriminalization as well. Um, they have been, and so has the Manhattan. I've been reporting this since 2019, and I've been telling you on the lookout, Take a look. Several bills to decriminalize prostitution in Massachusetts are being considered by state legislatures. So uh, this is going to be a problem, right? This is going to be something you're going to have to deal with. You're going you're gonna to have to you're going to have to deal with it because this is going to force 
more young girls to the streets. All right. Uh, so Seattle, Washington's dealing with this. Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco. And this is going to be a part of our everyday life. You're going to you're not going to be able to ignore it, meaning that it's just going to be available. It's going to put a divide. It's going to be put division between marriages and potential marriages. Ninjas are going to be able to get at it. Um, your daughters and your nieces and cousins are going to be doing it. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be I called it. All right. Shout out to our brother here. Uh, he hit us with a sponsorship. I'm going to get as many of these as I can. Shout out to my brother here. I'm rich, bitch. He says, we're going to call you Mr. Robinson. I'm on my four-week vacation from my job. This is my first time listening live. The Blue Chip Mindset is top tier. He says, I always catch the replay via podcast. So here is your donation to the junior college for all the ninja listeners and the ninja watchers. And he says that and all the ninja watching, you've been doing it. And he says, appreciate you, CGA. Appreciate you for checking in in that sponsorship, catching up on past dues. We do have like three more, and then I'm going to get into the conversation. 80% of people are lazy, lazy bums. This is why you're not getting out of life what you should. Caitlin says, if you have to get a prenup in the first place, why get married? Good question. Uh. Uh, good question, but it tells you, you know, it's kind of like insurance. You got car insurance. You could die in a car crash and you still get one. Then it says living with the enemy is a bait and switch. Coach just lays it out, boys. He says, I aim low and hit. She lies to get in. He says she lies to get in. Then one day, any day, she can ruin you for years. As a sense of making you understand. Um, I was married for almost 10 years. It was like eight years. It was short of nine years. Since my split divorce, which my split was like 2022, 20, I'm sorry, 2012, 2013. It is now 2023. I've been dealing with bullshit from my marriage that ended 10 years ago. I still deal with it today. It still causes strife. It still, it still distracts me. It still causes trauma to my kids and and alienation and kids aligning with one side or the other 10 years i haven't seen this i've been lived with this person for 10 years so it was a 20 year penalty men value your time because think about this 20 years is a lot of time 20 years is a lot of time to have dysfunction 20 years is a lot of time to have chaos and strife and stress and lawsuits. Right? It's it's a waste of your time. Like you could do without that. <laughs> like think about this. It's completely one of the most unfortunate things that men overlook. And I then look back and I look back and I say <laughs> I look back and I say wow. I was 28 now I'm 40, almost 48 this year. And that time window is like, to me, like, what the hell happened? <laughs> that time period, you look back and you say, I'm dealing with some shit of a decision I made when I was 28 and now 48. So understand, sometimes you can get out of this by your kids becoming an adult, but that's not even guaranteed. And I want you to listen to me because your kids are going to have events in their lives 
where they want their parents pregnant, <laughs> pregnant, present. They want their parents pregnant. So your kids are eventually going to go off to college. The parents need to be present. They're going to get their first love of their life. They're going to need want both people involved. They're going to graduate high school and college. You're going to need to be there. They're going to maybe get married. They're going to maybe get kids, have kids. They're going to want you to be there. Okay? They're going to buy their first house or need their first help down payment. They might have to come back and live with a the parent. They're going to have the parents be involved. They're going to have it doesn't end. You're never you're going to always deal with this constant well what is the mother and what is the father doing and are you going to go visit the father the kids are going to want to go to christmas and bring their family to christmas are they going to go with the mother or the father they're they're going to have to balance that and be like i'll go for the father this day sometimes the father gets pushed to the side and he's out there by himself so then they're like well i want to bring my family to family christmas are they going to go to the mother's or the father's house what about thanksgiving what about halloween it's a very long-term decision. It affects you for the rest of your life. So if you think it's going to end, it is not. Just because your kids become an adult doesn't mean it ends. The bullshit keeps going. <laughs> so be careful. It is basically synonymous to a death. And I want you to think of it this way because it is the death of your timeline. What you thought your timeline was when you entered it is no more. Now there is an alternative or an alternate universe that you're going to live in and it's somewhat a purgatory until you die. I mean, so be careful with this. Be careful. And the toxic bullshit and the, the, the alienation doesn't end when the kid turns 18. It does not. The alienation continues. The games continue. And women don't have nothing but time for this shit. All right. So anyway, last one. Caitlin says men don't get into emotional battles with women when it comes to emotions. You are rookies and they are Hall of Famers. Timely message. They get to act like children and you don't leave and ignore them immediately. Facts. Facts. So they get to act like kids and they get away with it. They, could, they commit legal crimes that will be legal crimes in the criminal courts which means abuse, kidnapping, extortion. But in the family court, it is legalized. And then they get to just be like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Because they bring the lamb to slaughter. So they stay in business because the woman stays in uh, arrested development mature-wise. And so she would commit a crime, the, the crimes they commit, that if they committed them outside of the family court, they would be arrested. If they took kids without the permission of a parent and they weren't the parent they and they left, that would be a crime. But it's not. As a matter of fact, they also accuse you of crimes within the family court that would not hold up in the criminal court. So I'm, I'm telling you, like when they say you abuse the kid and you you touch the daughter and you 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 yelled at him, you beat your kid up. Those are all crimes that if you tested them in the criminal court there would be a penalty of jail or death related to it. However, in the family court, they treat these crimes as not crimes. They're just abuse, and then they, distrib they distribute custody and child support as a result. So think about what you're participating in, but a lot of you guys are deaf, dumb, and blind. You cannot put two things together.
You cannot make sense of it. You guys think you're playing a game, but you're actually just uh, a pawn in the game, a pawn to make other people wealthy and rich. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But anyway, like they'll convict you in the family court of, of doing something that has no jail time. But if you did that in the outside, in the criminal court, you would go to jail. How is this possible? <laughs> like, how is this possible? How can one judge say, yeah, you did this. No jail time. I'll just take away custody. But over there, they would throw you in jail. It's a disgrace. It's a massive disgrace. And any lawyers, I'm talking about all the lawyers. Shout out to my coach gang lawyers. They are full active participants in this scam. And I love y'all brothers here, but I'm going to tell you guys, don't trust the lawyers either. They're active participants. They bring you in front of these courts, in front of these tribunals, and they participate and they earn wealth from it. They pay off student loan debt. And then they bring you to these tribunals to persecute you, knowing full and damn well that this is not an authentic and real legit court. You volunteered for it, but it is what it is. <laughs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> somebody said, I'm a paralegal. Listen to coach. Yep. You on child support, child support, trying to find you. They can't find you. They ain't got nothing to do. Their hands are tied. You hire an attorney. What does the attorney do? Help you hide money? Nope. What does the attorney do? Fight tooth and nail the child support system? Nope. Nope. They take you right in front of the tribunal and they say, give me your income and assets and your declarations and your bank statements. And they take you in there for the graping and you bend over. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. You're like, what the hell did I, what did I pay you for? <laughs> what did I pay you for? You actually just brought me right to the slaughter. So think about it. Uh, these people are going to be pissed off at me, but think about it. But without the attorney, their hands are tied. They can't do nothing to you. So <laughs> let's get into this here. Uh, stay at home mom income, blue chip mindset right now. Mm. Let's get into it right here. We got it. We got it. This is the money. <laughs> this is the money. Hey, always follow the money. Always follow the money. <laughs> it says right here, stay at home mom's income up for discussion again, apparently or across the internet. This ignorant discussion about what stay at home mom should earn as a, as a job of raising their kids, they want to get paid for this. Now, I'm going to flip it for a second to see if this makes sense. If I said to my wife, to society, that I'm going to babysit my kids, I want you to listen to this. I'm going to babysit my kids. Hey, honey, you're going to go out to girls' nights out? I'll babysit the kids. You're going to go to uh, a girl's trip. I'll babysit the kids. You're going to go stay with your mother for the weekend. You're going to leave the kids here. I'll babysit the kids. Now, on face value, when women hear this, they're going to be like, no, you're not babysitting your kids. You're actually doing what you're supposed to do, taking care of your kids. Not so fast. I'm babysitting my kids. Thus, I should be getting paid for this. If any man or husband says that, they would be shouted down. Handle your responsibility. Help around the house. Do what you're supposed to do. No, you don't get paid for this. You're supposed to take care of your kids. Give the wife a break. Do you see what I'm saying? That's how foolish it sounds, right? Because oh, a woman, if I say, I'll babysit, you don't babysit your own kids. You actually take care of them. You're, that's your responsibility. Not for these women. Now, I'm going to put this up on the screen here. They're actually now saying, Again, this comes up every five years. 
They're saying that a stay-at-home mom should earn income, get benefits, retirement, Social Security, 401k, and the like. Bruh, you cannot make this shit up. So you're taking care of your responsibility, as I would do here. I'm not babysitting my kids, but you seem to be saying you want to babysit your kids and you want to be paid for it. Not only that, you want to be paid for driving them around. You want to be paid for driving them to school and taking them to soccer camp. You want to be paid for cooking and dicing up hot dogs and cutting up dino chicken nuggets and breaking graham crackers and putting peanut butter on apples and, and putting raisins on celery with peanut butter. You want to be paid as a personal chef for making soup. You want to be paid to clean house. You want to pay the shop at Kohl's, TJ Maxx, all right? You want to be paid to shop at Old Navy. You want to pay to plan events like birthday parties and shit like this. Do you see how ridiculous we get? See, this is this low-level thinking. This is the 85%. This is the deaf, dumb, and blind. These are the normies of the world that we get into this conversation again. Let's flip it. Let's flip it. I want to get paid to babysit my kids. When I come back from work and you run off to go shopping, it's like every time you leave and I babysit my kids as a husband, as a father, I should get paid. They would call it ridiculous. They would shoot it down immediately. They would say, that's your responsibility. However, this is what they're saying. Not only do they do this, they use the child support system similarly. In fact, no matter what custody you have in many municipalities, if a father pays child support and he has 50% custody, he is literally paying the wife or the ex-spouse or the baby mama to babysit the kids when she has custody. Make it make sense. That's essentially what you're paying. So when I have them, I cover the expenses. When you have them, I cover the expenses. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's the shit that you get when you apply logic to this. Wait a minute. Who are you? Let's get further into this. Let's get further into this. This is what they think they deserve for being mothers and stay-at-home moms. $183,000 per year. <laughs> now, of course, there's no pay for this stuff. But in their mind, this is fair. What that mean? And as you can see on this chart, the father makes $90,000 a year. And thus, the mother doubles his income. So he goes out and works every day. She's a stay-at-home mom, and she should get paid more. Like, wait a minute. What that mean? Now, this conversation comes up quite a bit. This is a new post, and uh, this conversation keeps coming up. In fact, we do have a mother here. Um, excuse me. We do have a mother here that's going to explain her case. Um, and then she has a podcast, <laughs> right? And she calls it the greatest job in the world. They used to call it the hardest job in the world, which is gobbledygook and nonsense. I do have a video of harder jobs then being a stay-at-home mom, and turn your volume down. Shout out to the headphone guys in here, but the headphones is going to be a little bit loud. 
Uh, did I delete it? I shouldn't have deleted it. Let's show you what a hard job looks like. Shout out to the brothers in Midland on Odessa and outside of those areas uh, and, and so forth, working on the rigs. You know, probably machines are going to replace you as well. However, he probably still comes home and has to listen to his wife bitch and complain about uh, little Johnny threw applesauce across the room and how he's not helping around the house. But that's neither here nor there. Let's take on the show here. Uh, we have a wife that's going to discuss why stay-at-home moms should get paid that obscene amount of money. Here it is right here. This is a blue chip for you, so pay attention. Economists have done studies to evaluate the economic value, the monetary value of a stay-at-home mom who's doing all these different roles and looked at, well, what if you had to outsource it all? Outsource the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, the home organization, the errands, the child care. It would cost up to $200,000 a year. I think the number was 170 to 200. So the economic value of a stay-at-home mom is like $200,000 for all the things that she's providing for her family. Now, all those things in monetary terms, yeah, that's a lot. But what she's doing is far more significant than $200,000 worth of work. For a mother, your children are your most important work. You alone are the mother of your children. And that's why being a mother is the most important work. All right, shout out to Lily Rose here. Um, listen. She has a point. It is an important job. And more women should actually understand that that's an important job. And sometimes when they're doing this job, they don't appreciate how important a job it is. They just complain about it. And I have to do this and I have to do that. And then the father has to hear about all the times your kids broke crayons and they had to go get them, get new crayons. All the time their kid left crayons in their pockets and then they did the laundry in, in the dryer and it ruined all the uh, <laughs> the clothes in the dryer. Um, these things are very, very important and they should be, you know, I think more stay at home moms should get a lot more props that it is a very important job. You will hear a lot of stay at home moms say I'm better than this. I deserve to be out here working. I can earn more money than this. I don't want to be, I don't want to be beholden to the only the money you make. So at the same time, she's saying they should be paid for this. But then there's women that say, I don't want to be controlled by my husband's money. So thus I want to go outside to the outside world and work. And this is a classic case of you. These are insatiable creatures. They want it both ways. They can't just have it one way and just deal with the trade-offs of the other way. So when you have it, she wants to be a stay-at-home mom, but have a benefit. I need to get paid. I need to have benefits and resources. I need to actually pay for what we would usually outsource if I was outside working. Mm. 
So she wants it, and but she wants the benefits. She wants the benefits and have no trade-offs. Same thing as working mothers. Working mothers are doing the same thing. And she wants to be able to say, I'm a good mom too. And I actually do my side of the argument too. And that the father's a deadbeat and I get child support and I restrict custody from him. So he needs to help. But the only help he needs to do is pay me child support, not via custody, not taking the kids off my hand. No, the kids stay away from him. His only contribution is the check. Like this kind of sorcery and witchcraft that is infecting and infesting our society is just an example of the insatiable attitude of the American woman. They all they want it every way where they benefit and you have very little benefit and they get the benefits of all. So now you want to get paid. Not only you want to get paid, who's going to pay you? First of all, nobody. Second of all, if you did get paid, then you would be expected to do all of the work. Let me bring that part up. Because let's go back to the chart. If in fact you were hired for this job, now this is going to bust this shit wide open. If you were hired for this job, why do I have to help? When I get home, if somebody or I are paying you, I'm not cooking, I'm not cleaning, I'm not helping picking up the kids from school, I'm not going to the Kohl's to shop for school supplies and clothes. I'm not planning a birthday. I ain't even busting a grape. I'm not touching. I'm not touching a spoon or a fork unless I'm lifting it to my lips. Now the conversation going to get quick. This is going to change up real quick. Oh, no, you have to still help around the house. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who are you? That means when I come home from work, I ain't touching shit. I ain't helping. I'm not wiping boogers off of noses. I'm not doing anything. If I do it, I get paid too. See, this is the conversation that people don't realize. They open up this can of worms, but then after, after all, when they get what they want, they get the after effect and the double dose of reality hits them square in the face. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, oh, no, 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 no. And then they start shuffling. They start shuffling with the quickness. And you will normally see them try to dig themselves out of this, but it's normally not until they get the benefit and they start counting the money and you start giving them the reality, then they start changing the game up. Oh, well, no, that, that doesn't mean you can't help. That doesn't mean you can't do this. Oh, yes, it does. Because a job says that the person getting paid for the job is the person doing the job. And inevitably, you will find that in stay-at-home communities, the mother doesn't do 100% of the work. She often does pass on some of the responsibility to the dad. Um, this idea that the woman just does everything and the dad does nothing, that's only in upper-crust elite societies. The rest of societies, the man still contributes when he comes home. I know, I know guys that are the breadwinner that has a stay-at-home wife, and he cooks because she can't, she can't stand the smell of meat. Pause. She can't stand the smell of meat. Not only does he cook every meal, um, because I was there, I used to train him at I used to train him at his house. And he used to come home, he used to go, he used to take off his work clothes and then get dressed for his gym clothes. And then I would show up, I would train him in his garage, and she would be coming to the door. What's for dinner? Did you have this out? 
did you cut this up? She would be like, hey, um, the meat is almost done. And I'll be like, what the hell's going on? Not only does he do that, he takes the kid to school because it's on the way to work. So instead of him going to work and separately and her following that up, taking the kid to school, he has to delay going into work so he can take his kids to school. So he's covering uh, two of the major, he's covering two of the major categories here. He's covering the cooking and he's covering the chauffeuring, a portion of it. If that's the case, does he get credited for it? The answer is no. She does do a other amounts of things, but I'm telling you, the idea that there's a mom and she does 100% and the dad does zero is not true. If that's the case, we need to incentivize the father when he is a participant. There goes the 50-50 chore argument. That's gone because you're getting paid for it. Then if the father's contributing anything, he should be paid for it. Anything. If he's contributing anything, if he lifts a finger, he sh you should be deducted and he should be paid. But no, they're not going to do it that way. And this is why this argument is dumb. What we need to go back to is people need to take care of their responsibilities. The father does and the mother does. The idea that we want to monetize this is ridiculous. Not only that, let's talk about this. The, the working mom or the women who want to get married, here's the problem that you're having. We now have a we now have a total that a man can pay to avoid your bullshit. And women have overwhelmingly given up a lot of leverage by saying I'm not going to cook or clean and we're going to share 50-50 of the responsibility. Well, I know financially if it's going to be these numbers are inflated. But if it's going to be 20k to get a house cleaner, what do I need a wife for to share 50-50 of the role? What do I need? Mm -hmm. Question is, again, I'll frame it again. If I'm going to get a wife and do 50-50, why don't I just get a whole Rosalinda? <laughs> right? I don't need to do that. I'll let Rosalinda do all of it. If we are doing personal chefs, and most of these jobs women are going to do, let's just put it frank. If most of these jobs are women are going to do, and only for your wife to be tired not to have sex, I can actually get me a girl in Boston that is going to come and drop their neck and clean these pipes out too for a nominal fee. I also can get a personal chef, a meal planner for a nominal fee. There's also Ubers for children that are middle school age, el late elementary age that can take my kids back and forth to soccer practice. I can pay for daycare. What the hell's going on? Mm. So this is a blue chip mindset. This is a mindset that you got to look at where people are trying to get men to participate in something that highly, highly disadvantages them only because you have an insatiable appetite on the other side. You have a person that doesn't want trade-offs. They want it. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to get the benefits of earning and the benefits of having kids and being married. Like, come on, man. Wh which one is it, bro? Mm. Which one is it? This is absolutely a disgrace. And a lot of the jobs that women have backed away from have been replaced by women, but monetized. And I can get six women to do the job as opposed to one insatiable woman who's going to constantly be complaining and restricting access to sex to me. All right. So this is the problem that their argument, just from my perspective and getting into it, let's transition into the last part of this stream, which is going to be the 80% of people are lazy. Let's go ahead and roll the clip.
Uh, 80% of people are lazy. This is the topic of conversation. Oh, did I, did I delete the clip? All right, hold up for a second. Let me go back. I didn't delete the clip. There it is. This guy named is Bryant Tracy. Now, in my opinion, I know that there's a lot of lazy mother suckers out here. I wouldn't say 80%, but we're going to talk about the, the other, I say 50%, but uh, let's see what he has to say and let him enrage you. Y'all going to be enraged by this guy. The bottom 80% are lazy and they're looking for an easy way. They're looking for a shortcut to be successful. And there are not, there aren't any. But if you do something repeatedly over and over, you develop a habit. So most people are in the habit of looking for easy ways to get the things they want. And they're surrounded by people who think the same way. 95% of your thinking is determined by the people that you associate with on yeah. a regular basis. If you associate with people who don't work hard, don't learn, socialize after work, then you become like them. You think like them, you talk like them, you dress like them. You marry them, so you're married to someone who also has no ambition. And you raise children, and your children have no ambition. Just go to work and complain about your work. But top people associate with other top people. And the law of attraction says that if you change the way you think, you start to attract new people into your life. If you become aggressive about personal development and personal growth, you start to meet other people who think the same way. And the old groups of people that you associated with fall away and the new group of people appear. So people say, well, where do I find positive people who are thinking about success all the time? First, you become one and then you naturally attract it. Most now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what is this goddamn uh, <laughs> Thurston Howell the third? Now, before you jump down Thurston Howell, Howard's uh, Thurston Howell's uh, neck here, pause. Members of the coach gang are already on it. He says the Pareto principle. We have like five people there talked about the Pareto principle, in which it is true that, and I told you about, about this, you can look across any industry and then particularly the real estate agent industry. It is in fact true that 20% of the real estate agents in the in America do 80% of the listings, 80% of the sales. And thus, then the remaining 20% of the realtors, I'm sorry, the remaining 80% uh, of the realtors only do 20% of the business. This is true in economics. This is true in just about everything. Okay. And what we will find out is later on, there's going to be a list of people who are in the 80% that are going to come up with a lot of a lot of reasons why they don't produce. And this does open up the conversation because then you start he hearing about, well, racial injustices. Then you start hearing about class warfare. Then you start hearing about middle class erosion. Then you start hearing about the elites. New, 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 new world Then you order. start hearing people say, well, working hard doesn't guarantee anything. Working smarter. Then you start hearing about family legacy um, or privilege, white privilege. There's going to be all this other shit that we got to dice up, which does complicate it. It's going to complicate it. Now, here's my opinion on this one. As a person that has a very, very strong work ethic, I also have good time management skills. I have a lot of great ambition. I have the willingness to wake up earlier and start producing, whether it's content or other previous jobs. When I coach college sports, most of our practices were early in the morning. 
So this isn't just something I'm doing for this. I actually started training clients at four. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, five fifteen in the morning, which I had to be in the gym at four fifty five. So I was up at four fifteen, four twenty, four twenty five every day. All right. So and when I coach college sports, many of my teams in the last years were had or early practices or they had strength weight sessions or something like that at six in the morning. So I've always been willing to get up. All right. I've been always willing to get up while motherfuckers is out here sleeping in the bed. And then I've been in situations where I woke up, did three, four, five, eight hours of work. And whoever I came home to was still sleeping. They were still sleeping in the bed. Now, that type of thing in the bed, nine in the morning, nine thirty in the morning. And I'm like, what? And so when then when people say, no, nah, it's because of feminism or it's because of the patriarchy it's because of racism it's because of and I'm like, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. Well, when people need more sleep than the next person, this is all signs of no discipline, laziness, probably some substance abuse. Yes, I'll throw that in there, too. And an unwillingness to do what the next person is doing. So now we got the excuses here. Now, I'm going to just be frank with you. I'm going to be frank with you, and I don't want to yell and scream, but this is the only way I can deliver the message. I cannot give it to you in a nice sugar-coated way, but I'm going to tell you something. Most people who complain about what they ain't got, they are not doing the work. They are not doing, they don't have the discipline, and they don't have the willingness to separate themselves from the people that are just as lazy and dysfunctional as them. Then they want to make excuses and have a full pity party with a group of people who ain't going nowhere, and I will tell you, Working hard does not guarantee you anything. It doesn't. So I agree. Just because I work hard does not mean I'm going to get a result. I'm not going to get the same result as somebody else who works hard. So there is a truth in that. However, cumulatively, this hard work will be rewarded better than not working at all. Cumulatively, meaning over years, a period of time, you will start to separate yourself from a group of people who are lazy and have no discipline, no work ethic, no stick to it in this and no consistency. So this is where the, where the topic is. There is and are some people that have been disenfranchised. There are some people that have obstacles to overcome. There are some people that have deficiencies that they had no control over. That makes it less of an opportunity for them to get the equal outcome as other people who work hard. So this guy, you don't know his backstory. You would assume that he's white bread elite. We don't know. He could have been homeless. He could have been bankrupt sometime in his life. We don't know. A couple of people are aware of who he is. We don't know. We're just going to assume because he has a polo shirt and he has his hair combed over with a lot of moose in it that he's a white bread country club golfer and he was born with a silver spoon. You don't know that. But we probably don't know the entire story about how he had to overcome deficiencies that he experienced. You're just going to assume. And the worst thing we have is people who assume people have had it lucky or they had privilege or they had situations that made it work for them. I am a great believer of luck. Okay. Because luck is the result of preparation and opportunity intersecting. Luck is the result of having good discipline and being prepared when the opportunity presents itself. Luck this just doesn't happen to people other than people who have the lottery. 
Many times when you see that a person was lucky, oftentimes he prepared him or her prepared themselves for that opportunity. As my uncle used to say, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And many times a lot of people aren't ready for the opportunity. They're ill-prepared, thus they can't take advantage of the luck because they don't have the structure. Just for an example, if we're saying you have to have discipline, well, what if the opportunity comes and you haven't disciplined yourself? You're still addicted to substances. You're going through a hard time. You haven't been in the right neighborhood. You get the opportunity and you fumble it because you're lazy. See, having luck and having the opportunity is not even enough. Sometimes you don't even prepare. I mean, you don't even are uh, lazy. People aren't even aware of a good opportunity. Let me give you an example. Because you're ill prepared, because you tend to have lazy tendencies, because opportunities tend to knock on people's door early in the morning or late at night, wherever your shit comes in. Maybe an opportunity comes because you spent your last $500 to go to a conference to network. Because you don't recognize that as an opportunity, you will forego the opportunity. You will say, I can't afford the $500. I can't afford the coaching. And then thus, you can't afford the opportunity. The opportunity is not afforded to you. You saw the opportunity. You had it. The other person jumped on it and they capitalized. You did it. You didn't see it as an opportunity because you didn't have the discipline. Thus, the blue chip mindset tells you, you got to be prepared for opportunities and recognize them when they come and be prepared to be able to follow through when they present themselves. But because a lot of people are lazy, they sleep in, they make excuses as to why they do so. You won't move from a neighborhood of reckless individuals because you have a loyalty to them as if they're all going to rise up and the cream rises to the top together, which is not true. The people who remove themselves from poor-minded people, lazy people, tend to be, and put when they put themselves around similarly mindset people, they tend to be successful. They tend to be successful. They tend to not make excuses when you have an addiction, when you have vices. These are the things that separate the lazy from the people who actually do well. So hard work doesn't guarantee success. But I also know that laziness is never going to be rewarded. And I will tell you, a lot of people don't recognize that they're lazy. Either they're not honest with themselves or they just don't know what discipline is. I know for a fact that I'm super hyper disciplined. I protect my time and interests. I know what I want and nobody can bump me off of it. And most of the time it works out for me in life that way. Most of the time, the people who tell me I'm not going to be successful often lack the discipline and they fall in the 80% lazy category. And then once I become successful in my endeavors, they make excuses and or try to leech off of my success. Meaning that, hey, I see you're successful now. Uh, help me be successful. Tell me the secret. Give me the money. Pay me child support. See, they were the people who weren't supporting me being disciplined and successful, but now they want to reap the benefits. Hey, I'm a brother like you. Help me out. The answer is no, because you chose to be lazy. Let me give you, yeah, they wanted the shortcut. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. It's easy to say, look at it. It must be nice that you got a 9-11, but you didn't see that. That was on my vision board for 10 years. For 10 years, I waited to be able to get my rear end in one of those 9-11. I waited. I sacrificed. I risked. I didn't go out. I didn't eat out. I stayed disciplined. I lived in my car. My family, I lost my family. I got sued five, 10 times. 
And I still was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Then I got it. And now Ninjas is like, look at you. Right? <laughs> Must be nice. How did you do it? Tell me how to do it. But the whole time they watched me do it and they was waiting for me, praying and praying on my downfall. See, that's the type of shit I'm talking about. They didn't lift a finger. They didn't help me. They did everything they could to sabotage me. Now, when I got it, then the new people come in and say, look at him. He flossing. The reason why I floss is because I waited 10 years. I waited 10 years. I waited till they changed three body styles. <laughs> okay. The one I wanted, even when the new body style came out, I didn't even want the new one. I wanted the old one because that was the one on my vision board and they had to talk me out of it. I was like, well, and I was lucky I did. I'm, I'm grateful they did because they were like, man, you better get this new one. And I was like, no, I want the 2016. Because <laughs> that's the one that would, I always envision myself. See, this is what we talking about. So as I was making the risks, you was out there shaking your ass. You was out there sleeping in. You was out there smoking dope. You were out there partying. You were out there calling me a lame. You weren't putting in the work. Now you ain't where you need to be 10 years later, and I'm where I am. And now guess what? Your lazy ass want to tell me about privilege. You want to tell me about luck. You want to tell me about he got lucky. You want to tell me bullshit. You want to tell me about gerrymandering and redlining. You want to tell me about black man and white man. Bullshit. You want to tell me about the patriarchy. Bullshit. You want to come get my child support. Bullshit. Now, if we really want to talk, that's what it is. Because when you was out there doing a stanky leg in the crate challenge, my ass was in the bed sleep at 930 and you was calling me a lame and the ninja, and ninja ain't got no game. He ain't got no game. And I'm putting in the work. I'm editing. I'm taking speech lessons. You see what I'm saying? You see what I am saying? See, this is the mindset of the lazy, and you must avoid people like this. They lack discipline. They're full of excuses. Full of excuses. Got every goddamn excuse. He's still in my content. Everything. When your content hasn't evolved in five to ten years that I've been on this platform, your punk ass still sitting behind no camera, looking like this, talking about I'm stealing your content. Well, how can I steal your content when your content look like this? How is this even possible? <laughs> right there. Mm. Calming down now to deliver home this message. I believe, unfortunately, people have been disenfranchised. People have been taken advantage of. I have a belief system of that. And unfortunately, I can't help that. But I can't help you. My opinion is this. It takes a great risk to remove yourself from these people. If you want to continue to wait for all five of you lazy bums to put the joint down, put the alcohol and the Alizé and the Cristal and the Hypnotic and the Casamigos and the Ciroc and y'all want to go to the club and party and shit like this, if y'all want to wait until all of y'all hit a lick, I can't help you because you are not going to make it. All five of you aren't going to make it, but one of you can. And it's going to take one of you to remove yourself from these morons, from these lazy asses, from these leeches, from these parasites, because that's what they are to you if you have any ambition. And it's going to be painful because these are going to be friends 
family members, uh, spouses, sometimes lethargic, lazy ass, unaccountable kids. I don't care what it is. Your mama, at some particular point, you're going to have to remove yourself from that if you want to have any achievement. Yes, your pro-black group, your anti-pro, your white nationalist group, all of these people making excuses, you're going to have to remove yourself from these people. Because they're preventing you from getting where you want and they're encouraging your laziness rather than they are supporting your ascent. And trust me, if you ever hit a lick, those are going to be your biggest enemies out here. Those are going to be the people who talk the most shit about you, who spread the most gossip. These are the people that are going to send assassins to you and pray and pray on your downfall. It will be these people more likely than not. Your circle, if you're full of bullshit excuses, are constantly going to be the people who keep you where you are as opposed to help you get to where you are. And I don't want to hear no hip-hop bullshit, and I don't want to hear about no basketball players. All right, we're talking about people that are actually doing some work out here. It is what it is. So I will tend to agree with this because I study my mathematics in the true essence of the 5%. The 5% tells us, that 85% are the deaf, dumb, and blind. 85% are controlled by the 10%. The 10% are the top 10% of our elite. These are the elites. And the 5% are awake and aware. They're the poor, righteous teachers. They are the individuals that know what's going on. They may not be a part of the elites, but they certainly aren't a part of the deaf, dumb, and blind. So if you break it down mathematically, Brian Tracy is absolutely right. 80% sounds about right to me. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> peace to the gods of the earth and all of that step into the cypher and uh all of that all of that and if it's you i'm gonna tell you right now i can't help all of you can't help all of you but people don't rise up together they don't it is actually counterintuitive to believe that a group of people will rise up together you'll be dead by the time that happens or <laughs> you'll be dead so rise above rise above and look within yourself and be honest with yourself and realize that possibly why you are where you are is because your own personal choice anyway <laughs> we got uh we got the rest of the super chat shout out to uh let's see here did i get johnny law he says if you want to know where things are going take a look at your city and county plan 2040, most are not ready. And we always tell you that, yo, 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 son, chill, son, chill. We got to get you. Hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. Where, wherever you live, there is a 20 to 30 year plan for your municipality. You guys don't know this. I actually learned this in real estate. Okay. Your community has already been planned out 20 years from now, at least. So, you know what I mean? Don't be surprised when shit is popping up and, Stuff is happening. They don't do things overnight. There's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy related to cities and municipalities, right? So if you want an opportunity, take a look, right? Take a look at where things going, and they will tell you. You will get awakened, but no. You guys want to be stuck arguing on panels. You guys want to also, um, you know, overconsume social media. You guys want to also uh watch uh watch up uh, these uh reality shows and these bad girl clubs and all of this shit 
deaf, dumb, and blind. Shout out to infamous New York City. Keep in mind, a lot of these videos are propaganda to help keep labor costs lower. He says if people think they'll be replaced, they will accept lower pay. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, this is also letting you know as well. All right. Martin says, he says, coach in America, the land of the fee, these fees, these fee fails all have a price. He says, woe to the man who marries a woman from this land. So let's talk about that, too, um, in relationship to the stay at home mom chart. As you can see, all relationships are transactional. So everything that I teach with you, you will find evidence in. So when I say relationships are transactional, this is another example right right here. And I say uh, free women cost the most. Fee women cost the most. The traditional woman is the most expensive. I've actually been saying that for a few years, trying to make people see that. And they all have a price. Everybody has a price. So there you go. There's the evidence right there. My And shout out to you, Undark says, stay-at-home parenting is not hard. I split from my ex, and it is very easy to keep my son in line and do his chores. They're just disorganized and have a poor time management and money management. Plus, they can't enforce discipline. This is a fact. This is a fact. In fact, if you are a father that can discipline your kids and provide structure, you will find that your wife and the mother of your kids will find that to be an attack against her. She'll find that to be an attack against her. Right? She'll be jealous of you. And thus, she will screw your kids up. She will screw your kids up. And uh, she will keep them in this constant state just to keep them away from you because you provide accountability and structure. She'll keep your kids away from you and destroy them. Facts, guys, this is this is undisputed facts. Um, they'll say, you make this look easy, and how can you do this? Because some men are presumed to be failure as parents. But if you just happen to have a little bit of discipline and you can do things with ease that seem to be complicated for them, not because it's complicated, it's because they lack structure and time management let me give you an example let me give you an example i used to have this belief that as a parent i should wake up before the kids wake up i should wake up before the kids wake up and i realized that if the kids wake me up i was probably going to be in a funky mood so as a parent i would plan to get up before them and get ready for them as opposed to have them come wake me up. Now, this isn't every day, but this would just be as a method of a routine, kind of wake up when they're going to wake up. But what you would see is parents that allow their kids to constantly wake them up have to kind of wake up. They're kind of confused and lost. They're irritable. They're throwing the eggs in the skillet. The kids are annoying and loud. You're yelling at them, clean up, get ready. Right? And you're telling them to get ready and you're trying to get ready and get them ready. And then they're getting ready and you getting ready and they're behind and you're yelling at them. Hurry up. See, I learned real fast that parents that did that were oftentimes the parents who complain about parenting. They were the ones who had a effed up clusterfuck. The kids had uh, the kids were erratic. The kids weren't listening. They were yelling at their kids. Started a morning. Misplaced anger, they start yelling at their spouse. How come you're not helping? How come you're not helping? <laughs> right. And then they want the dad to jump into action and discipline the kids and get shit organized. And I would just say, why don't you get up before the kids? 
<laughs> Why don't you wake up and get the shit ready for the kids before they wake up? That was too much common sense. Well, I need my sleep and I need and I'm like, just you setting yourself up for your own demise. You need a routine. You need to prepare. Why don't you have something prepared for them? Some French toast. So when they wake up, hi, kids, how you doing? How was your sleep? What did you think about? Did you think about your drink? Why don't you get ready for work or halfway ready? Then have some French toast done. Then when they wake up, you can actually have a discussion. Hi, kids. You like your lemonade? You like your orange juice? <laughs> then you're not late. You're not scrambling. You're not throwing snacks. You don't forget nothing routinely. You don't forget, oh, damn, we left the backpack. I got a scrunchle back. And then what happens is these people then push that onto you. And they create a panic in you. So you're innocent. I work at the school. I'm ready to take on the kids. And here comes the mom, one kid dragging, one backpack. Oh, help, wait, wait, we're late. And is it why my fault that we weren't late and I didn't have the field trip form filled out? <clears throat> These people are dysfunctional. And then they create a problem with me. Now I got to wait for her to go back to the house and bring the book, bring the backpack, bring the permission slip. Oh, you forgot. And these people, this is why 80% of people are lazy. These people cause their own problems and then they make everybody up. And then she's late for work. She's late for work inevitably. Oh, I had to run back and get my kids backpack because they forgot it. No, bitch, you didn't prepare and you didn't have a backpacks ready. Let's just call it what it is. You weren't prepared. You were ill prepared for the day. And your lazy ass got caught up and now it's everybody's problem. Then you lose your job and you blame them. They're firing me because I'm a mom. No, they didn't. They fired you because you were a lazy piece of shit. So here's the thing. It started off because you weren't ready for your day. You didn't have your clothes ironed and laid out. You didn't know what you were going to wear. You knew what was going to happen. It happened the previous night. Like you literally, your kids woke up the previous night. You know they're going to wake up. You know, they're going to wake up about when the sun comes up six o'clock in the morning and you know, they're going to be chaotic. You know, they're going to want to play with their toys. You know, they're going to want to eat. You know, your husband's going to need something. I don't have time to pack my husband up something because you lazy slub. You woke up. It'll prepare for the day. <clears throat> this is just a fact. And then you blame it on all of that shit when you're just an undisciplined, lazy slob. <laughs> let's just call it what it is and I'm tired of people coming up with excuses and then they make it harder than it needs to be they complicate it they have a job that lets out at 5pm the kids get out of school at 2.30 what we gonna do about this well you leave your job early and then I leave and then I leave I think most people are idiots that's why I just can't look at people honestly they, they complicate their own lives <laughs> right anyway they can't manage time anyway ill-prepared slobs lazy bums and then they want to be mad because they woke up ill-prepared you want to be mad I, in coaching we used to call it this because you know i'm guilty of this what happens is i don't discipline my team i don't prepare my team and my team i let my team practice lazy 
Then we get on the court and start getting our ass kicked. Then I start yelling at the referee. And I start telling the referee he a piece of shit. And he he a part of the three by mice. And I tell the referee he's making calls. I'm doing more disciplining of the referee than I do of my own team. And sometimes a ref will tell him, hey, coach, um, if you coach your team as much as you coach us, maybe your team won't be getting their ass kicked. <laughs> now, a lot of refs can't say it like that, but that's the truth. Because you doing a lot of yelling at us, yell at your team. Right? Your team, the one getting drugged. All right. So just because you couldn't discipline your team and your team don't listen to you. Well, you don't get me to try to listen to you. <laughs> Teachers, the same thing. You want to come in and yell at the teacher. If you yelled at your kid more than you yell at the teacher and the principal, maybe your kid could be somebody. <laughs> All right. If you discipline your kid more than you try to discipline the whole goddamn school district, maybe your kid could be somebody. But you're afraid of your kid. Y'all not ready for this truth because I'm here. I'm the teacher. I'm the undisputed one. I'm the king of kings. Let's get on with these super chats. I got to catch up. The black blur says no CGA. We are not lazy because slaves built this country. The NWO ancestors are to blame. Hold on for a second. Let's get new, it. New, 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 new world order. From Jim Crow to segregation, to gerrymandering the schools, feeding us the prisons. We are old reparations and bitches. Oh, hold on for a second. <laughs> I think he's being facetious. But we do have a, a video of what we're owed, and uh, I wasn't prepared to show it, but I think I should be able to pull. I found it right off the rip. All right, so we're going to share what potentially we are owed uh, for this uh, building of the country, and here it is right here. Let's go ahead and play it right here uh, for all of this right here. Here we go. Okay, so the list so far is bitches, white bitches, Asian bitches, Brazilian bitches, East Indian bitches, West Indian bitches, Ruckus. Puerto Rican bitches, broadband internet porn, KY jelly condoms, Viagra, People magazine, and Alaskan bitches. Isn't there anything else you guys want? You may never get this chance again. Anything else? I thought that's what the People magazine was for. Nah, nigga, I'm gonna knock that down too. What about an end to the outsourcing of prison labor to private companies? I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Or what if we keep doing the work, but they pay us in white bitches? You know Yo, what I mean? That's man, crazy. That man, hey, white bitches. I love well, you know, I, I know what you're saying, brother. I know what you're saying out here. <laughs> hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. All right, we do got a couple more Super Chats, man. This show is great. It's fun. Shout out to Emont. He says, the duck, lodging, clothing, utilities, groceries, insurance, the company car. Then maybe there's a discussion for paying a home, a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, because there's going to be additional discussions as well because now who's paying some of these bills for her to be able to afford that, right? Um, there's a lot of deduction. Shout out to Jed says, Ed's an unpaid mechanic, guard, and a handyman in the CEO. Again, if you want to open up the conversation, what does the man get paid for doing security work, Right. Uh, mechanic work or any of the landscaping cleaning of um um of 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 the gutters and whatnot i mean come on man jc says uh since becoming a free agent i walked away from my six-figure tech job to pursue my purpose i failed fast and eventually acquired my first two clients earning my leisure 
And you always must be prepared to fail in any endeavor. It's a part of it. And especially even marriage, you must be prepared to fail. Known and unknown says Les Brown said strive to be on top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Somebody said that. Yeah, I like that. The bottom is overcrowded is actually where most of the people are. And, you know, um, if you wanted to dice this up and talk about the elites and the privileged people, sure, that's part of the conversation, too. But I often find that not beholding myself to a certain group and only supporting the individual helps more. It helps more. I mean, everybody needs to take care of their own shit. I can't be really concerned with the people at my church um, and so forth and so on. And you will find that people who are successful aren't concerned with that either. Uh, but 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 successful people do help people who are in the bottom as well. People don't recognize that either. Chad Tyrone, 77, she had something all Jermaine's fault. She had what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, she said what? Oh, she said it's all Jermaine's fault. Of course, I messed it up. It is all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. Um, Ricky Webster, hey coach, my cousin told me this morning that she's given up the idea of marriage. She's five foot three, around two hundred and sixty pounds, works as a hotel manager, and has a seven-year-old son. <laughs> yeah, listen. In the words of the song Vince McMahon comes out, she had no chance, no chance in hell already. So she might as well have found a different way to do it. She had no chance at all anyway. Come on, man. It's crazy. She's also 47 years old. I mean, can we get real with people? You already had no chance. Nobody was taking that deal. And I'm going to tell you, if you work at a job that has less than traditional hours, which traditional hours are considered nine to five, but mostly people don't work nine to five. People work a really chaotic schedule. So a lot of people work at night. Some people work midday, afternoon shift, second shift, third shift. Okay. If you're a woman and you have a job like that, please, please, please understand that you're almost undateable across the board. You're, you're problematic dating. Like, having a relationship with you is going to be absolutely miserable. So a hotel manager's job is going to be all over the place. Probably she's going to work some third shift, mostly some second shift, banker hours. I mean, you're not working a traditional schedule that is going to make you available. Then you tack on a kid, and this. Because what if I work 9 to 5 and you don't? Um, also, what if I work from home and you don't? You will find that people take advantage of at-home workers, all right? I'm a, I've been working at home for quite a bit, meaning that my office has been the home base. And uh, if I'm in a relationship or marriage, people take advantage of people that work at home They'll be like, or have a flexible schedule. Well, flex your schedule around when the kids come out. And you're like, why? <laughs> or take care of this or do that or take the meat out of the, uh, the refrigerator. And it's sad that people do that, especially when men work from home. All right. Um, women have this problem, too, when they work from home and they have kids. So they take advantage of them. Um, anyway, shout out to my man, Marsh. We're going to call you Marshand. He said to the CGA fund. Thank you, brother. PJ Throwaway says that he says they wasn't with you shooting in the gym, coach. They wasn't. They wasn't. That's how I look at it. And here's my yeah, philosophy. Bitch. Yeah, bitch. 
my philosophy is if anybody thinks they're going to get easy money off of me, you might get some, but you're going to work a hell of a lot harder to get it than you thought. <laughs> okay. Meaning that by the time you get it, there's going to be certain scenarios presented to you by the time you even get one check cut. Number one, you will have invested skin in the game, meaning you would have either had to hire a lawyer, a hitman, an assassin. That's that. So you're going to pay. Number two, you're going to be stressed the fuck out. Number three, possibly bankrupt by the end of it, waiting on the money you think I'm going to give you. Number four, your finances, you're going to be maxed out on credit cards and your rent going to be due. You will have several eviction notices Post it on your door. All right. I don't care if you're a family member or whatever. By the time you get one check cut, Ninja, you will have paid. You will have worked hours. You will be able to dissect how much per hour you got paid. Okay. Mm. (laughs) All right. You got to understand. The great coach Alini is not an easy kill. (laughs) Right. You're not an easy kill. All right. You will have had looking at your finances like shit. By the time you get a check cut, you paying off debt. You ain't getting to come up. You paying back money. (laughs) You get it? Hey, guys, you guys got to think like that. Do not be an easy come up off of nobody. By the time you get the money, Ninja, you will have been drugged. You will have drugged yourself. You (laughs) You will be an alcoholic by the end of it. It is what it is, bro. But you guys got to have that mindset. Shout out to Al Byrne. He says, thanks, coach. Without you, I wouldn't have gotten over my divorce. Thank you, brothers, man. Divorce is difficult. And often a no man's land, a lonely place for men. It's a lonely place for men. A lot of people or men are just left, left out by themselves, high and dry. Family members abandon them. Shout out to Russell says, have you seen the sound of freedom? I have not yet. Everyone should, even though it had a semi. Well, I'm not going to give you that part. It says right here, it is a very dark and many theaters have tried to sabotage live showings in the NWO does not want new, 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 new world order. people to see it. Truly an evil world we live in. It's an evil world we live in. It is an evil world. I'm trying to catch up. I think I got them. We're catching up. I'm at the top of the PayPal's now. We have. Jason says for the blue chip episodes, he says, I've been ninja watching for too long. Keep up the great work. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jason. Coming back over to, let me see what Venmo's doing. I might have to sign in. I might have to sign in. Do you guys know the upper, uh, uh, the upper elite individuals support most of our society financially? I know people don't think so, but it's actually true. Jamal says, coach, it's funny that the Nigerian girl thinks she can find a and will find a husband. When she's overweight, Nigerian rich men want a submissive, young, but legal, fertile woman who can give them male heirs. At 30 years old, no man would want her, so she would be a concubine. (laughs) All right, she'll be a concubine. Uh, Some women, she might want to be a concubine. You know, there's a price. Uh, We got the seven levels of mate qualification. Concubine, some women like that. Let me see here. We got vans in the building. He says, uh, Coach Jamaica just passed a sexual harassment act that protects mostly women in the workplace. Landlord, tenant, and institutions you uh, from you know men. Okay. He says, throw, 
in anywhere on the street as well. So landlord, tenant, institutions, and anywhere on the streets because it is the law, but they are not highlighting it as much. So cold approach in Jamaica and work relationships are officially dead. Ninjas are about to lose their yobs and cold approach ninjas are going to get reported to the police. It's over monk mode for life. Well, that is for everybody except the visitors. No, you can't cold approach no more. <laughs> All right, because you know them brothers be out there starving. Yeah, that brother's starving. You can't cold approach. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Rusted Junk. He says, I appreciate what you're doing for us who are learning and applying this knowledge. Thank you for this stream. Thank you, brother. And um, thank you for being a supporter. And he's a supporter over on the Money Mindset group as well. Did I get Jamal? I did get Jamal. Okay, boy, where am I at here? I'm quite lost. All right, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get it all. Okay, Jamal, I think you doubled that one up. Yeah, you sent that one twice. Uh, Daylight says, Coach, speaking of AI, which is big now in video games and virtual reality, with sex becoming less and less available for the average man in America, do you think when a real life robot hits the market, feminist women? would go crazy what are your thoughts it'll just be something to shame men about it's gonna happen so i know people don't want to talk about it i talk about uncomfortable things that is gonna happen so just like passport gang uh passport gang uh migtow uh anybody promoting any devices to use for men to get a sexual release it'll just be shame for a little bit uh, but we know women will be the primary consumers of this Women will be the primary consumers. In fact, if you think about all of the sex robots that they have in the second drawer next on their nightstand, they've already participated in debaucherous sex with artificial robots and shit like this. So it is just when the men, anytime the men participate in some of these things, it is the men who get punished socially. But women got a drawer full of robots that they stimulate themselves and actually have jackhammered their sensitivity away so that the normal average man can't provide them with any pleasure. They the ones out here that manipulated their whole vaginas with, with, with sex toys and whatnot, <laughs> right? So now you can't do nothing down there. You can't give her no pleasure. You got to go down there and she got to bring the toy in and the robot with her when you in the bed and you bring that millimeter Peter in there. All right. And she like, well, do you mind if I stimulate myself a little bit and help me out? bro?" Mm. Then they want to talk about when the sex robot come out. Listen, I might not get one, but I know damn sure and well women going to get 50 of them before I get one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> brother Salvador says just adding to the coffee fund. Thanks for all you do. All right. I think I have have caught up with all of them. All right. They be using sex robots when you absent in their life. Talking about they don't need no man. And they got a whole damn USB plug-in device. Battery, no battery included. They got things that'll flood their sheets and everything. And they got a nerve to be worried about what I'm doing around here. Mm. <laughs> they got a whole toolbox. They got a whole toolbox full of robots. And they talking about my artificial uh, ex machina robot. <laughs> yeah. Now they get mad at me, bro. Or they get mad at me. And then when they ain't got a robot, they got they 
cellular phone that they could call the ninja to come in and sneaking link them to sleep. All right, come on, stop it. With these mad scientists out here, man, brother, they got, they, anyway, shout out to the coach gang. I think we're done for the day. And do me a favor, hit the like button on the way out. And we're going to be back later this evening. It is Wednesday. It is facts and feelings. And we're going to hit you with that barbecue. There's barbecue in there. And let's hit you with who? This one right here, Uncle Earl. Here yeah. comes the bank He's roll. coming, here comes. This would make it all happen right there. That's what will make it happen. This will make it happen. If a man want to know how to meet a nice woman, how you meet her? With this. <laughs> First damn word come out your mouth, I got money. <laughs> but those not respectable women. I don't want no respect. I want some ass. <laughs> Damn the respect. I want you to break down like a 12-gauge double barrel shotgun and show me what you're working with. But don't you want commitment? What? To who? You don't want to be committed. I'm committed to getting her to that bedroom and giving her what she needs.